Hi, this is Wesley with The Stranger. If you're listening to this, it means you're listening to an episode that has yet to be remastered. We're going from the beginning and doing every single episode from scratch when it comes to editing. Because people like our show. Go figure. So, feel free to enjoy. This is just your PSA that a new, well-edited version is coming soon. Good evening, travelers of the night. Welcome back to this pestilent boil that is Roll for Impact, where fate teeters on the roll of a die, and each choice might just be your last. Here I stand, well, sit, actually, in front of a mic, as your maestro of myths, craftsman, craftsman of chronicles, spinner of stories that both enchant and evoke Wesley, but you can call me Wes. Embark with us on the next chapter of The Stranger, an episodic D&D actual play podcast where Shane brings pulse to Trevor. Maybe not pulse. Asteria portrays the superior Dr. Glass. Ari dives deep into the unhinged role of Esperanza and Matt unravels the holy mysteries of Nihilus von Stonen. This series of episodes, aptly named Midnight Whispers. Prepare yourself, sit down, stand up, go for a run, do whatever it is you do, for our journey continues. It was long ago. The night was oppressive. Its darkness, thickened by swollen storm clouds overhead. The wind carried the scent of rain, but hadn't broken yet. 
Instead, a stifling stillness hung in the air. The streetlights, a feeble orange hue against the void, flickered intermittently, revealing only scant sections of the abandoned boulevard in young Port Hillcrest. Everything seemed muted. The normal night sounds of a bustling city replaced with an unsettling silence. But from afar, at the end of the street, there came a disturbance. A rhythmic thud, growing steadily louder. With every pulse of the streetlight, it revealed a harrowing scene. A man holding a scalpel, staggering towards the light. His once crisp white surgical robes now stained deep crimson, clinging wetly to his torso. Blood coursed down his neck, his hands, his entire front, collecting in puddles with every step. The most grotesque sight, though, wasn't the blood. It was what dangled next to his ear. The ghastly protrusion of a red, pulsating organ hung precariously, still attached yet seeming to defy nature. One could almost mistake it for a piece of human anatomy had it not been for the steady stream of blood that accompanied its appearance. Every few steps the man stumbles, catching himself with a hand slick with blood and what was minimally left of his life force. As he approached the dimly lit apartment at the end of the street, he left a trail of bloodied handprints on the walls, the windows like a macabre breadcrumb trail. He reached for the door, knocking erratically, a sound that was more a plea than a signal. The lock slowly clinked as the door opened just a fraction, and a pair of horrified eyes meet the man's desperate gaze. Help me. He rasped, his voice a butchered whisper, as the world around him blurred and the first drops of rain began to fall. Samuel slumped forward, the weight of this horrific ordeal, pushing him into the arms of his only hope. As we begin to awaken after a night of rest, having survived the fifth floor of the whaler, discovered a beast within that would collect the consciousness of those around it into a an accumulation within. First to awaken is Trevor. (coughs) 
Trevor, his eyes kind of slowly peel open. He... It's been a long time since he's had such a um, deep sleep. Although perhaps not as calm as he would have liked. He's still feeling the aftermath of the day before. And as he heaves a sigh, he winces slightly as he kind of pushes the blanket off of him, makes sure all of his bandages are decent enough and he hasn't bled through in his sleep. Um, he'll slowly creak out of the comparative to all the other places he slept. Very nice accommodations. Uh, he will get up, hunched over the side of the bed, inspect his body for any lasting wounds, just run a hand through his hair, wipe his eyes slightly, and he's going to immediately get up and uh, head over to the nearest uh, the nearest washroom just to try and get himself freshened up and change any bandages that need to be changed. He usually wakes up early uh, so that he can do this without getting in other people's way. You step out into the common space and on the couch, resting, could have been sleeping, but already awakened, is Nihilus von Stonen with a piece of paper still clutched in his hand. He sits there calmly. He doesn't notice a thing. You're up early? Up early? Uh, late, late night? Who could tell? After what we experienced, I feel like my mind's been bejazzled all over the place. I, I sense my only reality is these papers I hold dear. Yeah, he closes the book. Yeah, he looks at you. Don't mind me. How are you doing? How am I doing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I'm doing. I'm, I'm used to waking up feeling like shit you know even when I weren't being a cell sword or anything like that I was used to waking up early after a night of hard labor so I don't really know what waking up right looks like but um I'm still thinking of yesterday I'm honest. So me too. Although I wish I was, I although I wish I I wouldn't think as much about it. I do think it's something we should talk with. One, I'm, uh, I feel so tired. I think we talk should all sit down and discuss. Yeah. I mean, 
I ain't sure what there's to talk about, but, uh, I mean, we all saw it, you know, we saw the thing that was in that floor that, that, I mean, the only word I have for it is animal, but like, that ain't no animal I ever seen. Was a monster, was an anomaly. Even of all my studies, even of all the things I can imagine of, nothing would be as monstrous as that. Yeah. Well, uh, you see, uh, Trevor kind of pauses a bit. Uh, clearly, like, for a guy as simple as he is, it's very easy to tell when he's in thought, so to speak. Uh, and you can tell that while he's still speaking with you, his mind is somewhere else. Uh, he goes, um, yeah, yeah, that thing were mighty weird. Um, I, I seen, I seen things creepy like that before. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you have as many jobs as I did, you, your whole duty is to get in front of the ugliest some bitches and, you know, hold your own. But, uh, thing like that, uh, I ain't seen too many of them. No. But, I mean, that's, that's my job, right? My job is to get down and dirty. You, you held your own, honestly. Uh, I'm surprised. As did you. Uh, especially when we were in that other place, the past, the memory, the sleep, I'm not sure what to call it, when all of our minds were as connected as they were, you took charge, you took initiative, you got us out the first time, and um, if it wasn't for that, I think we might have been lost forever. So, I know you like to make jokes about yourself, about being of less intelligence, I see it in your words and the way how you carry yourself. But you really shouldn't, Trevor. There's something to you, a quite intuitive way of knowing how to march forward. Yeah, well, I mean, I live with a doctor most months now. Uh, she, uh, she likes to, to paint the world in pretty colors, or not. I wouldn't say that she's naive. No, she's like got more experience about the world and how it works than I ever probably will. But uh she likes to make complicated things out of very simple things. Lila's nods in agreement. I just take the world as I sees it, you know? Um, in a place like that, I, I don't like people messing with my head at the best of times, so, uh, when I was in a spot like that, I, I just kinda, I wanted to do what I'd do best and try and, try and get out. That was the only way I knew how, so, I know I was a, a little bit, uh, bullish, so, um, just 
if we end up in a, uh, you know, me and the doctor, if we end up in a spot like that, I'll, I'll more defer to her. I think she's, um, and he kind of runs his uh, hand through his hair again. You can see he's kind of still shook up a bit. I'll just, you know, let her do what she do and I'll do what I do. As you say that, the kettle in the kitchenette begins to whistle as Dr. Glass from your room, you hear that the water has begun to boil. Dr. Glass opens an eye. She's curled up next to Esper, I suppose. Uh, and feeling, well, it'll be hard not to feel better. She is, I believe, less exhausted than she was when she w- went to bed. Is that correct? Certainly. And if you'd like, we could go through uh, the rest mechanics for a moment. Uh, Matt, do you want to quickly take us through uh, what we're doing differently? Yes, of course. Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. As for this lovely campaign, we have done a bit of changes here and there as we are homebrew style. So when it comes to long resting, uh, we have decreased its property value um, as long rest is now heavy rest which would take an entire day but you know not all heroes have that kind of time so when taking a long rest as the characters have done now they can use up to half of their maximum hit die um, to their own choosing to roll and regain that amount of hit points plus their constitution level and for their uh, spells they gain it based on their proficiency bonus and an increase in general activity based on their sleeping condition and if they are well fed okay uh so i think dr glass here's the kettle and uh opens her eyes and stretches her bones a bit and i think she does remember that Esper is there. It's not a, oh, roll over and bump into her and then remember situation. I think everything about yesterday is burned into her mind. You know, sleep was a, a dreamless reprieve from reality. But as soon as she opens her eyes again, it's all back. Uh, so she stretches a little bit and gently sits up. Uh, rubs her eyes and reaches for her cane in her silk pajamas that someone picked out for her that she has to admit are lovely. Uh, tell me, Wes, are they are her initials embroidered onto the pocket? Um, they are not. They are not. Okay, but they are. They are. They're very expensive in make and quality. So. She looks over at Esper and wonders if she should wake her since she looks so tired. Uh, As Dr. Glass is going to come into Esper's peripheral vision, it's going to be apparent that Esper's eyes were partially open. And as the movement in the room comes to actually be ahead of her, her eyes are going to fully open. Um, The darkness around him, the dark circles that Esper has. They're almost tinging purple on the innermost corners at this point in the morning. But all the same, it's 
practically immediate that they begin to push themselves off of the mattress and turn into a sitting position. Are you all right, child? Good morning, Doctor. Very good indeed, I hope, compared to some previous ones. How are you feeling? I'm not sure. Is there something you need? Um, sorry, uh, and Esper will reach to the closest surface where there was a belt of vials placed of a very familiar liquid to a doctor, such as glass. Um, and they're going to tip the vial with one end towards their mouth and crush a little glass bead at the top so that the pressure releases and the actual liquid can flow into Esper's mouth. Um, it, it would be clear to Dr. Glass that Esper is taking a dose of slow ether first thing in the morning. She's gonna swing it down and give a little shake of their head. Uh, hopefully in, in a few minutes it will uh, it will calm down a little bit and um, maybe maybe some breakfast. Maybe some breakfast. The whistling of the kettle begins to escalate. Come out when you're ready. Is someone gonna get that? Someone with two good legs might. Uh, we're coming. I for sure did not put a kettle on there. I hear ya. Just gonna get up from the seated position and start walking towards the kitchen, presumably, where the kettle is boiling. But if you're making some tea, I would sure love some. Sure. Uh, let me see what kinds we got. I know what you like, Doc. Uh, what, uh, how you like your tea? Milk? Sugar? Ooh, I like it extremely bitterly sharp. Please, at least put two tea bags in there and skip any sugar. Alright. Uh, how about you? Uh, is Esper awake? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm here, I'm here, I'm coming. Uh, are, are there any bags of any berry tea? Uh, maybe. Uh, he's gonna just I'll, start I'll rifling anything. through the shelves and just seeing what's what. Oh, no, really, really, uh, whatever is there, uh, whatever Nihilus is having, I'll, I'll take that. You'll find a selection of many teas. Oh, man. Uh, hold on. Um... He kind of blinks his eyes, looking at all the teas. Uh, you said berry? Uh, yes, yes, berry. They ain't got just berry. Well, no, uh, raspberry, blueberry. Oh, yeah, they got them. Uh, hold on. He's just gonna reach in, grab some fruity-looking tea. Uh, and just... With a nice bit of, like, decorum that isn't really present in his normal countenance, uh, is going to make up a couple of pots uh, using the boiling water just to make sure everyone got their favor. I suppose uh, I'll, instead of using the middleman that is the DM, I'll just ask, uh, what does Dr. Glass's, you know, how does she like her tea? I was going to, I was going to yes and whatever you said, 
But I think she comes out and takes the cup you made for Nihilus and says, Oh, thank you, Trevor. Just how I like. It takes a sip. Says, per- perfectly bitter. Thank you. Mm. Yep. I was going to make a snide remark, but I'll wait till you're out of earshot. No such thing, Trevor dear. And he's just going to go back to, uh, uh, he's going to make up a bunch of tea for everyone. Uh, not for himself, though. Uh, just for him, he just actually starts brewing a pot of coffee. Um, a few minutes later, he'll come out. Literally, like, this is a man who's been more or less, you know, it's the impolite phrase is domesticated. Um, and he comes up with a nice little platter of teacups, all with the handles pointed out uh, towards the drinkers. Uh, and, you know, in one hand, he's got the platter, and the other one, he's just literally just sipping on his own, like, it, it's hardly a mug. It's more like a cup that he's filled up. Just a normal, like, glass cup that he's filled with coffee. So he walks out, just sort of lays it down on a coffee table. As for you. And then he'll hand cups to all who are available in the room to accept it. Uh, Esper is going to look at it and it, it sh- they nod their head just a, like really for just a moment as if they approve of the color. It's like, I, I think you found it. Oh. But they're going to set their cup aside for one moment to let it cool. And you're going to see Esper kind of put their hand to a, a particular part of one of the many necklaces that they wear on their neck. And they're going to mumble something really quickly. And it's as if a enough of a breeze comes by to flutter the clothing that they're wearing and as it shifts around even though there's no actual breeze in the room the clothing changes the the underbust corset that they had been wearing melts away the the shirt collar tightens up just a little bit to little be a little bit more presentable the color of the slacks change and it melts into this sort of forest green tunic that's a little more tucked in but still baggy and just some normal brown leather slacks it appears to be the same shoes that they were wearing before but it's a much more simple outfit and it is one that much more leans decidedly masculine instead of feminine as that happens a bell rings out of the door the door abruptly opens and an assault of waitstaff enters the room with silver trays and those little domed silver tops. Cloche. A cloche. I am so impressed that you know that one. (laughs) Um, They open up the cloches uh, and they begin peppering these plates in front of anybody who's in the room, any tables that are nearby, um, professionally not saying a word. And just as quickly as they enter, they scuttle away like a band of of raccoons uh, in their (gasps) black and white suits and you have your breakfast in front of you now uh, where most of the breakfast has been put is in the table in the center that table is also where Nihilus had laid out everything from the night before and you'll also see the piece of paper that was written by Marta who you rescued from the closet with the address on it 42 Maple Leaf Lane 
quick question. Uh, the what Esper just did with their clothes. Would we have seen anything like that before, or is that was that wild? It's it could best be described as one of the many unique technological marvels that are constantly coming out. In this case, I would say you don't need any sort of check uh, because it was heavily marketed when it was all the rage and now subsided and not gotcha. so popular. But it's memory weave cloth. It can assume forms and shapes and change slightly to one's preference. As that happened, Nihilus, who's sitting on the couch with his back towards the kitchen, he slowly turned his head as well, saying, Did someone leave the window open? What is all that tussling? Oh, my. Dig in, friends. The Royal Rose is paying, so I had them add lobster to almost everything. Smell muffins and sausages and maple syrup. Some of them might be lobster muffins. I, I didn't spend a lot of time on the phone with them. You only sell this on the main capital. Wow. But um, um, just a little, a little word, and I can, I can sort of change how I'm dressed. I have a couple of different outfits all in one. For me, it takes a good dozen of minutes to dawn off and on. That seems remarkably useful. Well, it's nice when you don't want to spend a lot of money on different clothes and haul them all around. Give me some of them. Um, listen, uh. I mean, this is real fancy, like, but like, you know, uh, I, I, I'm good with just the, the, the bare necessities. We don't. So if any of y'all want to, you know, pig out, it was a long day for everyone. So, yeah, I got There's my bread plate. and bacon and potatoes. I made sure I made sure that the Trevor special was included. Sans lobster. Hey, hey now, I'm I'm no simpleton, you know. I know good food when I've seen it. Well, I don't actually like lobster. I, it's not a judgment. The bacon has something green on it. It smells like a pine tree. It smells like something that's been on bread. Yeah, no. The, the people who make the food like to uh, gussy it up. They like to call it an experience. Uh, honestly, um, it just kind of makes my nose wrinkle a little bit so you know you can just pick that shit off I, I need the energy I'm still so I'm so tired this music makes me feel like Dr. Glass smokes I feel like she sits on this on the arm of a couch and lights a cigarette and watches everyone eat <laughs> except it's on one of those like cigarette extending sticks those, like, one of the fancy... small ones yeah it's like wiry <laughs> Just a fainting couch in the corner of the room. Yeah. You know, she'll have a little nibble after her morning cigarette. Uh, but she's, she's very much giving bad auntie. <laughs> and she says, well, what do we think, kids? Day one of our seaside holiday at a luxury hotel. What shall we do? Um, I hate to interrupt the pure luxury of the design of life that we could provide at a place like this uh, but there is this mere small large issue of what happened yesterday that we should discuss also I I didn't want to intrude our rest yesterday evening but we all remember 
the, the woman who we saved, right? She left home. I asked her to write down her address. Um, she wrote it to me on a small piece of paper. And I was a fool to not look at it immediately. As I did last night. And I suppose this is one of the many reasons why I couldn't get much sleep. It's, it's the same address of Samuel Bury. What? to Maple Leaf Lane. Of what we heard and understood and dreamed, the past, the, the different reality. I'm not quite sure of it. Maybe it was planted there. Maybe one of us already knew about this. I'm not sure. I'm confused, really. And I don't like being confused. In fact, I hate being confused. It's one of the main reasons why I loved joining up for the religious testimony in Veritas. Because uh, I would never be confused, as I would generally understand everything. But this is confusing. That was oh. surprisingly self-aware for a man of the cloth. Well done, Nihilus. Although that's already the point right now. No, you're right. That's... That's quite... So we have... Marta, who was not attacked... Presumably, maybe? Right. ...is living in the same place as the person we believe was the, the architect of that whole historical horror. Yes, the one who could have placed the monstrosity there in the first place, or at least have reasoning, too. But also, Constantine told me that his sister is... Beatrice, the woman who sent everyone up there, and that they're actually Van Thorns, and why would a Van Thorn be working as hotel staff unless there was something going on? <sighs> or maybe they're working together. I, I don't know nothing about no Van Thorns other than the experiences that I've had in the past day. So, like... I don't know what businesses they got their thumbs in, um, but I think um, the name, you know, seems to come up a whole lot. So it's either they, they're the kind of folks to spread their seeds far and wide and just make sure they got eyes wherever they need them, or they got a plan to um, infiltrate some things. They got some ulterior motives. So I can't tell you anything about them other than well, anyone that I've seen that have been affiliated with them have been kind of um, uppity pricks. Um, but maybe we should do a little bit more digging into them. They keep coming up and I've learned that they flat out murdered a business rival merely because she was too successful. That's on this island. And one of them has it out for you, Trevor, and he's traveling with Lord Felix. Wait a second. Where's that gun? And Hopefully it wasn't just lying on the table when all the waiters were here. But she goes and finds the breamed gun. And because she never really looked at it. Uh, Esper was the one who had it. And Esper never saw the first gun. 
So, is it the same gun, Wes? This gun, remind me, uh, Dr. Glass, she threw the first gun. The bullets got thrown off the ship, but uh, the one that Trevor got off mm-hmm. Sam, the junkie, Sam the oh. stowaway, sorry. Uh, I to Todd Gray. planted, or he claimed it did, and uh, Dr. Glass planted it outside the office of an officious-seeming like accountant or something of the ship so that it could mm-hmm. be found and it could seem like, oh, idiot Todd Gray just lost his gun. And mm-hmm. then Esper took a breamed gun off of an unconscious Felix later, a few days later. So what's interesting about this gun as you pull it out from one of the drawers that you stashed it in, all the way behind the religious text in the front, as is common with any hotel establishment. And you put it out onto the table. This is the gun that you got from Felix, Lord Felix Royce. But it's not a gun that you're familiar seeing in his possession in the past. He was known to carry a a firearm on him, um, as is common for many who want to protect themselves out on the streets in the dark late at night who can afford it of course this gun is special as you look over the hilts the handle the wooden inlay it's made with a swirled black wood wood you recognize as crow wood an expensive export from the island of crow perch not easy to come by. Most guns, of course, are unique artisan crafts. They're made to look expensive as well. This one, you see a symbol on it. Go ahead and roll history. Nice to not have disadvantage. 17 on history. It's a small sigil in a circle, a rose bearing thorns. You recognize this as the symbol of House Van Thorn. Well, I mean... Well, the good news is I wasn't a total idiot, and the plan, Trevor, that I had to clear your name, I don't know if it worked, but it didn't royally backfire. This is a, seems to be a different gun. But uh, he certainly he's in with the Van Thorns, so just add that to the pile. Right, right. Uh, thanks for, for doing that, by the way. Uh, just good to get that out of out of mind. Uh, listen, we came here for a reason, right? You know, you was going to, uh, to Blackthorn University, right? Yes, and on my list today, and by the way, Nihilus, my thing about the seaside holiday was ironic. We'll give you some lessons in recognizing when I'm being ironic. But I do have to write a letter to my friend at the university. Uh, I am here early, but I think we I may need help. I may need friends sooner than expected. Well, I mean, like, 
you know, we're here early, but it's not like we ain't going nowhere, right? So we got a bit of time. Uh, but, you know, when you want to go to your thing, we'll, we'll do that. But like, uh, you know, I was supposed to come with you anyway, right? So this whole thing with the Van Thorns, it ain't going to throw a wrench in the works, is it? Like, we're on our way walking through a busy city. Like, we're good, right? The Van Thorns, we might have to deal with them if it becomes a, a persistent problem. I mean, I, I'm just saying I got accosted like multiple times just walking to a fucking hotel. So let's let's rip this shit out by the roots. All I can see in the matter on whatever business I have here on this island, however much allies I can acquire along the path of such a dreadful, long, frank, frankly, a lonely journey, I would very much appreciate Esper has been eating breakfast and looking back and forth towards everybody as they talk. You're you're very right to bring this up, Trevor, and you and I are going to be quite recognizable to some dangerous people on this island. But there's a reason that their symbol is roses and thorns. Those are plants that make it very difficult to get to the roots. The Van Thorns seem to be everywhere. Right. So, all that to say, probably going to be a bad time if we decide to waltz down the city street. Is is there really a, a problem staying in the hotel or even in the, in the suite? Yes. Oh, well, well, the good news is, the good news is, I don't think we're safe anywhere. So, we might as what? well go anywhere. The fuck is up with this island? Nothing's safe, you're saying? Yes, pretty much. Sorry, I don't mean to speak out of turn, but why'd we come here if it's Presumably so... Presumably, that is a bit of an overreaction, but I do understand what you're trying to say is... Nowhere as controlled, but uh, I still believe there are some places which are safe, or at least safer than any place could be. But I don't feel like this hotel would, one floor below us being such an enigma, uh, that being the case. I mean, we got a guy staying in, in room 610 who's part of the Van Thorns, who I've already gotten off on the wrong foot with, who's keeping an eye on us, presumably. I don't know where he's at. So, I mean, this whole place is given very bad feelings all around. So, wherever we're going to go, I don't suggest we do it alone. First things first. You know, they're trying to divide us. So, if we're going to do that. We're going to do that together. That includes you, Esper. Wherever you're feeling like going, I don't suggest you do that alone. I, I, I have somebody who's, I'm sure, sober by now, and he's probably wondering where I am, and I don't, I'm not very keen on him finding me, so. But if I could add to the matter of fact, to moral law, that we should uh, abduct to the fact that there's still someone dead that we should 
notified to the proper authorities. Right. Uh, 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 I think Trevor and Dr. Glass just make on. those noises for a little bit. You can tell me that you're seriously considering not to... No. I, I think the Van Thorns are the authorities. I want to. I'm just... Oh, I don't. Oh, shit. I thought we was... Well, I mean, I, I do. Personally. Um, I, I want to get Maggie a, a proper burial. I want to see her somewhere that ain't in a shitty abandoned floor of a creepy looking hotel. I, I, I want that, you know? But... I'm just thinking about what it looks like. If the Van Thorns are the authority, then they could try to pin it on us. Exactly. Like, we're just some nobodies who literally got off the boat yesterday. Now we're hauling around the headless corpse of the owner of the hotel, and we're just supposed to be like, hey, hey, I just seen this here. Don't worry, I had nothing to do with it. But you want to take care of this? Here's where I'd like to begin. Because... Nihilus, when I said no place is safe, I meant anyone could come in here right now and murder us in this room. Uh, we have been housed by vicious people, I believe. I think the clothing I'm wearing was perhaps selected for me as a taunt by someone who intends to murder me. That is a very real possibility. Do any of us have people on this island who we actually trust? And we could start with them. I got you. That's it. I think the matter of the questions and not, not about who we can trust, but it's more about which locations, which places we can trust to not be under the influence of opposing factions places are just places we need the people in the places if we want to report to someone that there's a dead body we want to have some idea of what that person might do with the information now my contact at the university is someone I haven't been in we haven't been in close contact in some time but we were close once, and that's the best I've got. Uh, I could start there just to to make contact with her and feel that out. And perhaps she can give us a bit more of the lay of the land. Well, like, I, I tried to... I kind of get what Nihilus is saying. You know, it ain't about who we can trust it's about who we certainly can't trust and staying away from them right so let's but how do we identify them Beatrice right. is a Van Thorn we'll figure that out alright let's, let, let's take this one step at a time okay we know Van Thorns are a no-go so I think and this might be uh, an above table question but I believe I heard that Maggie used to work at the Salted Stout. Did I overhear yes, that? Yes, she did. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Maggie, she used to... She told me that she used to work at the Salted Stout. It's like a little inn. I've never been to it. 
But that might be a place if we want to find, I don't want to say next to kin, but folks who know her, who know where she would want to be if, you know, hypothetically, she ended up beheaded in a little abandoned hotel room floor. So maybe we check around there. I mean, it's an inn anyway, so people talk. We get a lay of the land. We get uh, folks' boots on the ground. Just, it's a first step. I think that's a wonderful idea, Trevor. I'll I'll write a generic letter to my friend in the meantime that will take, that wouldn't resolve this morning anyway, but I think that's a very good idea for what to do next. I agree on that matter. I think that could be a smart idea, in fact. I can rest easily, or I suppose rested comfortably last night with um, the fact that, you know, I helped pass their soul to the next life, but their corpse would still be rotting. I, I, I need to resolve that at a quicker pace. I understand the situation that we are in right now. Uh, frankly, if it was me at the authorities' position, I would not look with clear eyes towards our party as is. It looks a little bit to Esther as well with the, when he does that. Well, but um, if we if we find people that knew Maggie, maybe we could trust them to take care of it. Exactly. She seemed to be in we- a bit of shock, but I want to at least leave an anonymous note to speed things along, if that's alright by all of you. An anonymous note with whom? The authorities. The local police. No. No no police. The police are almost certainly owned by the Van Thorns. Not yet. There's no... Mm. Police catch criminals and there's no criminal to catch. Right. So, I think we get two birds stoned at once here. We get him there. We go to Salted Stout. We just say, hey, we need to know who knows Maggie. Does she got any family? Does she got friends who know her better than we do? What are we doing here? Right? So we keep her where she is right now because we ain't moving her. But we look for people close to her. We say, hey, just so you know, something bad happened to her. If you want to find her, that's where she's at. You know, it's, it's better than my other idea, which would be just, you know, hucking her out the window and washing our hands of the whole thing. Oh, oh no, no, no. I don't think. I like I like going to find people who know her better. She told people she was going to that floor, didn't she? She did. She, she did, loudly. Yes. So this is all probably a moot point anyway, I just realized, because someone is going to go looking for her. That's right. There there are staff who know that she was going up. After uh, the carpet, the man who got shoved into the doorknob. I just remembered it myself. There's been, there's been a lot. Can, let's pause for a moment. As a doctor, let me just say, yesterday was a lot. And it was a lot after already 
a lot. And we're all alive, and that is absurd. And that's wonderful. So, good for all of us. And, right. uh, fucking yikes. That's a, that's a medical term. Freaking yikes. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, in so many words, I'm still working through what happened yesterday. So, let's wait until we got a bit of time to, to talk through that. It ain't now. We still got work to do. So, yeah. maybe we, if they know that she's there, maybe we just wash our hands right now. We just say, she'll be found. She'll get moved. The people who need to know will know. And we just start working our way. I don't know. We're still doing this Maple Leaf Lane thing, right? Is that yeah. where we're going next? Maybe. We, I think the, the Salted Stout could still be a, a very good source of information. I'd prefer to go there first, in fact. I suspect that around a time like this, in the middle of the day, it would not be that busy, and it would only be the local people working over there. Perhaps they have a clearer mind to be willing to help us, instead of during a crowd and busy moment. It also, frankly, sounds more fun, and I wouldn't mind being the third bird to get stoned. And if, I mean... There are people who know that we're staying here. Maybe if we ever need to change where we are, we could see that the stout might have rooms. That's a wonderful suggestion, Esper. Though I will miss these creepily luxurious accommodations. It's very big in here. Would it be fair to say that's where we're going next? Yes, but I'd like to do one more thing first while we're all gathered. Mm-hmm. Which is, I'd like to have Nihilus look at Felix's knife that was with me in the closet that I woke up that he used to kill Abelard. Uh, so I'd say, like, like I think, like we all get dressed, we <laughs> we'll change out of our pajamas or whatever. I don't, uh, <laughs> and and then I say, oh Nihilus, before we go, uh, will you look at, at at this with me, my uh. Uh, it's the knife my nemesis used to murder my mentor. You know, one of those well, little things. And for some reason, he gave it to me. It's first I'm hearing of it. While putting on his coat, Nihilus looks at the knife. Just a basic investigation check. Sure. Is, can I help him with that, since we're both looking at it? Is that the kind of thing? I can, like, look at that little engraving. Isn't that odd? Yeah, I would say both of you roll individually. For a total of 19. Alright, I forgot how good you are at it. Yeah, I got 15. Not bad, but 19's better. <laughs> That's why I asked Nihilus. You look over the knife, and... It's a curious little thing. It's ornate. Well made. Clearly commissioned in from an expensive artisan. The hilt balanced exceptionally well to the blade, but its adornments are eloquent, dainty. 
there's little gems inlaid. It looks more to be a knife of ceremony. Not that it's to be used in a ceremony, but something to parade around, to put on a shelf, to decorate. Though it would probably work well in a fight, clearly it was never intended practically as such. It's as if the dungeon master's words came straight out of Nihilus's voice as he shared all that. Huh. And he happily gives it back. I have no intention of keeping weapons with me. Uh, I was just wondering, does it have sentimental value to you? I suppose it does now. But I just wonder more if it had sentimental value to someone else. Does it belong to someone else? I suppose it's been given to me. Were you its owner? I don't know if it was stolen before it was given to me. I just saw it once in my mind. And that's all I know. Try to remind me later on the evening, perhaps, before going to bed, to take another look at it, would you? Absolutely, yes. As he finishes getting on his coat, uh, he also says, um, and I do have a, just a minor bit of shopping to do along the way for some uh, sort of small supplies, if you all don't mind. Oh, sure. Uh, I need to get a change of clothes anyway. And what are you looking for, Nihilus, along the way? He is specifically looking for a couple of uh, spell component supplies. Uh, and, um, perhaps even if he can pay more money, he would uh, try to buy it in order to be sent to, to the hotel, as it's a bit of a larger item, not something he wants to be carrying around. A brazier for being able to cast a familiar spell. Got it. Uh, you throw your jacket over. All of you cumulatively leave the room heading down the ornate halls of the hotel, passing the paintings and pictures, a very modern sight in contrast to what you experienced recently. Uh, as we're going down, uh, Esper would very specifically uh, slow them down for a moment and, be, and go, if, if it's not too much trouble as we're going, could I nestle in a bit into the middle of you all? I, I don't want to run into Augie. Oh, yeah, very sure. Uh, anything you want me to say? I mean, I can, I can knock him out if he's a trouble. Uh... Maybe that'd be a little, a little too much trouble, but if you stare at him very angrily, it might work. He doesn't really strike me as a brave man. Oh, I got that. I can do that. And uh, Dr. Glass will drop off a letter at the front desk on that hotel stationery they gave her to Dr. Singer at the university. That uh, It's not that saying... I could give you exact wording if you want, but basically... It's saying, uh, I'm here early. Can we meet up? You know, wh wherever you think is best. Okay. So let's do this. Esper, would you roll stealth with advantage? Uh, Dr. Isadora Glass, if there's anything more you want to include in the letter, then DM it to me. But for now, I, I got the gist. Um, 
And what is that stealth with advantage roll? Yeah, what is it? That stealth with advantage was double natural twos for a total of five. If only you were a halfling. You head down those halls and make your way to the elevator. The elevator dings as the uh, as you crowd inside and head down to the lobby. And you see Mr. Augie as you enter into the lobby, talking to the front desk, looking a little bit disheveled. That not so much unlike a man who has had a late night and is just making his way. And as you step into the hall, almost like a bloodhound, he turns his head, sensing your presence nearly, and notices you from within the group. Oh, there you are. Keep going. Uh, Esper, uh, wait up. Uh, they're real busy. Esper's walking as if, as, if, as if they can't hear him. Okay. You walk across the lobby. He walks, takes a few steps towards the group that's walking through, but decides to stop and sees you leave the building as Dr. Glass peels away just for a moment to drop a letter uh, in the letter drop. And you step out into the streets, making your way to the cobblestone the light patter of rain, which seems to be all too familiar every day here in Port Hillcrest. And you make your way past a small reagent shop that Nihilus is able to stop in briefly to get what he needs before the group continues on to a tavern. A traditional tavern, not a fancy Victorian-styled hotel, the Salted Stout Inn with two saloon-style doors at the entrance. Almost comically so, as if it's part of the experience. And as the door opens and you step in, you see a elven man in his 50s, strong, sturdy, from years of clearly running the, the area behind the bar. The tavern is empty at this time. It's too early. But as he cleans the table with a cloth, kind of wiping it, waxing it, he looks up. Oh, we're not, not open yet. Uh, you know, that's alright. Uh, we're not customers. Uh, okay. A delivery? Uh, what's it about? Uh... Yeah, that's a good question. What is we? Uh, we are uh, concerned people. Uh, we we got. Um, we're here on behalf of. We're here because. Do y'all know Maggie? Uh, looks to the side. Mar Margaret, I think that's that's her like full name. Uh, she used to work here. Now she, she is over at the uh, the. the the, the 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 whaler. Yeah, yeah. Um, when the whaler opened, the she was called back in. Uh, took the job. It was a big promotion for her. I'm, I'm happy. I just can't say that I'm okay with missing my favorite bar back, housekeeper. But she's on to better things. So, why do you ask? Uh, he puts his hand on Trevor's shoulder. He <laughs> notices the tone, the tension in the room for a moment. Is everything... Is everything okay? He, he realizes how, lo how loud he's talking, and he kind of just, like, looks around, notices the hand on his shoulder. He kind of leans over the bar. You know, uh, 
she don't happen to have any like uh, uh, family that you know about, right? Anyone who uh, who knew her real close, like? You see a slow nod as he reaches below the bar and takes out a unmarked bottle of of liquor, and he takes out several shot glasses and begins pouring them. Yeah, I I know what this is. No. No, Maggie didn't have any family. But we're her family, as much as can be. She's been here for ten years. We all know her. What happened? <sighs> what happened? Um, well, uh, uh, if it's if it's too disturbing, it's all right. Uh, I'm guessing Van Thorn Island Crow Perch. The usual. Uh, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, does she have any runnings in with the Van Thorns? While we're while we're on the subject. Uh, I know she used to work with one. Well, kind of. Uh, there was a. Somebody else at the hotel who was disinherited from the Dan- the Van Thorns. That's actually uh, are, you're not from here, right? Or you've, you're from the ship? I'm guessing, um, mm. given that you're coming from the yes, whaler. Yes, but we've so we've met Beatrice, though. Or yes, Beatrice. So Thorn. If you if you hear the name Thorn, it means they're disinherited, disassociated, no longer a Van Thorn. Beatrice is all right. B. I met her a couple times. Friend of Maggie's. Oh, uh, good. That's that's great. Uh, cool. Um, I just I figured I would let you know that uh, if any folks come in here asking around, especially them Van Thorn folks, uh, that. You know, you know what the deal is. Uh, so, yeah. We're trying to look into the matter. Three it's quite recent, but as my dear friend is trying to say, I'm afraid she's passed on from this life onto the next one. Yeah, I got so much. Um, here, he pushes the shot glasses forward and takes his and swigs it. To you, Maggie. Slams the shot glass back onto the table and puts his under. To Maggie. Down a shot. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of wordlessly. Thank you for that. Turns it over and slams it on the bar. Sorry. Do you know Marta at all? Um, she asks. Marta. You know, uh, yes, actually. That name rings a bell. Uh, one of the one of the colleagues of Ma- was was one of the colleagues of Maggie. Uh, I think she mentioned her name. Just a, a subordinate. I don't think they were close in any way. Hmm. Hmm. That's a small world, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry to be just careless about it. It's, uh, would you say if you knew if she had any enemies? No, no. 
Maggie couldn't make an enemy if she tried. She was a hard worker. Everybody knew her. If if something happened, well, it would be a surprise to me if it if it was just. You know what I mean? Agreed. Cool. We are we are new to this island, uh, and a bit rattled already. I was wondering if you could give us a bit of advice. Uh, are there any areas to avoid? Any uh, people to avoid? We don't know really what the authorities are like here. Are there any famously haunted addresses or anything like that? <laughs> so the full rundown, I gotcha. Um, here's what to expect. So first of all, if you're new on the island, unless you're here because you're in a family, stay away from them. They're all dangerous assholes. You don't want to be associated with anybody. The Vanthorns, the Meridials. <laughs> Look, avoid them. Besides that, there are things to do on the island, but you're in Port Hillcrest, and there's no leaving this city unless you have reason to. A permit, you know, permission. It's really locked down. The king, he's been recluse forever, it feels, and his, uh, his regency... Uh, associated with, you know, basically each member of the family, a representative is running shit, and it just keeps getting worse. As soon as this saturation lets up, if you don't don't got a reason to be here, get the fuck out. I mean... Um, a question, if you don't mind. I heard rumors uh, that there was some kind of curse and an illness is spreading about the island. I want to find my assistance wherever I can. If at all possible, at least learn more about it. He leans across the table, lowering his voice a bit. You're probably best not to ask around. They don't like it that Port Hillcrest, travelers especially, know too much about the inner workings of what's happening behind the wall. But So the city itself was not troubled much by it? Riddled. And if anybody with the... Well, they call it Feather Rot. If anybody with Feather Rot is spotted in Port Hillcrest, they're removed right away. Some disappear, but that's... Nobody I know, so... And they want to keep that under wraps? It's apparently very contagious. I I don't know the details. There's a certain level of a need to know that us common folk get to know. And that's not among them. I appreciate that hats up. Only drink approved water. Family approved water. That's, that's all I know. Um, about the saturation, y- you... You haven't maybe seen it take over whole towns, have you? Hmm. Well, um, the saturation is kind of all around the island, around the ocean. But if you go north past the citadel, there's a part of the island that's just 
been overtaken by it for as long as I know. It's been creeping a bit, but very slowly. It would take a year, many, many years to overtake anything. But they call that the What about here? No go zone. Port Hillcrest. It, as it, it so it's never come down towards here. No, no, not uh, not as far as anybody knows. I mean, there was a period of time uh, before when this island got populated again. It's before my time, years ago. Um, rumor has it. I guess it's not a rumor anymore. But everybody disappeared. People thought the island was cursed until it wasn't, and it was profitable. Makes sense, I guess. Don't care too much about the uh, the dangers that are present when there's money to be made and so we've heard about these Van Thorns uh, like to throw their weight around uh, this is a bit of a personal question I don't even know if you got the answer to this um, you told us about the other the other houses here when I was on her royal rose uh, I seen boxes coming into the city uh, about another noble house that um, I don't think they originated here uh, but um, maybe they have a presence here somewhere uh, if they're sending stuff uh, are you aware of, of, uh, of another noble house by the name of Gaspard? Actually yeah, uh, so just so you know at this point there was a t- there was a time when the island was a treasure trove and everybody who's anybody was coming but it's changed and there's some big families and there really is not much of a chance to do quite anything very rare for families to try to stake their claim at this point it's just he leans in again I mean it's kind of dangerous but I did see House Gaspard and they have a house down the street that they purchased where they house their people um nothing's happened to them yet they seem to be doing a good job over at the docks so consider it a tiny success story yeah yeah I will do that um cool where are they from originally oh uh somebody was here from the house I think the town was called Beale. That's it. Yeah? Are you yep. you from there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh that that's why I was just so curious. You know, it's so out of the way. I didn't think uh a little piece of home could follow me so far. Huh. Beale. That's a coincidence. You should <laughs> if you're from there, you should Look. I said avoid the families, but if you're one of them, that's better than having a guard. That's security. Though, maybe a small house like Gaspard wouldn't be able to do much. Maybe a small house like Gaspard wouldn't be able to do much, but it's better than nothing. You know what? I, that's a great idea. Uh, I'll definitely I'll give it some thought. Thank you. Uh, sorry for distracting from uh, what we were talking about. Uh, you know, it, it's just it caught me off guard. So, uh, I, so I, I'm not great at talking. Why don't you, uh, doctor, just uh, 
He's gonna take. Uh, he's going to take the bottle uh, from his side of the bar and just start pouring himself another shot. Hey, you're doing just fine, Trevor. But she does as she moves her shot glass forward for a refill. Nihilus pushes his half drunken shot glass towards Trevor. Esper's is empty, but she pushes hers away. <laughs> Look, you, you, uh. And Dr. Glass has put some money on the bar. She's not assuming that these are all free. He pushes it back. He doesn't want it. That's all right, miss. Um, Look, you came here to tell us about Maggie. Means you knew that she worked here. You're new on the island. So you meant something to her. So this next one is free. Mighty kind of you. If you're looking to avoid the families, you could stay here. I'm not saying, look, if trouble is what you're bringing to the island, then I'd prefer not. But for Maggie, I'll consider you her last, her last check-in, her last guests, if you want. My tea is working, but... Oh, you're killing it. That's very kind. I think we might take you up on that. Happily. Yeah, it's no whaler, but the rooms are nice, and we have somebody new who keeps them clean. And oh, really? If somebody new? Oh yeah, just another local we brought in. Nothing to worry about. All of our staff is very carefully vetted. And if mingling with families and putting your nose places ends up becoming a trend, I may have some favors to ask in the future. For now, this is a favor for Maggie. And she raises her shot glass and says, I love favors. I really do. What's your name, young man? Is he young, by the way? I don't know. He could be 70. He looks like he's in his 50s as an elf. He's, you know, a burly right. guy who has worked the bar for years. So, yeah, young uh, man. You can call me Ed. Ed. Uh, Edmund uh, is what they call me, but most most guests just call me Ed. Dr. Glass. Isadora to anyone who's buying drinks. <laughs> First drink is free, not the rest of them. Understood. Uh, though, actually, now that I mention it, uh, just as a doctor, you know, uh, who's new in town, I always love to pay professional courtesies. Uh, and I've heard the names of a few doctors. Is there a, a Dr. Buring in town? I heard the name somewhere. I haven't, haven't heard that name in a long time. But there I'm pretty sure there was long time ago. That's all I know. I, I know almost everybody, but yeah, I haven't heard anything about Dr. Buring in a long time. Why do you ask? I must have gotten confused. I, uh, I get confused sometimes. Here's what I know. Dr. Buring was a renowned surgeon performed operations on the family members 
all families at the time, even the smaller ones. It wasn't so grand as things are today. Um, disappeared. Not seen again. We heard his name come up a few times on our way to the island. I suppose we were curious. Uh, by the way, I am Nihilus von Stonen, Inquisitor at your service. Uh, we respect all religions here, so I can't have you prophetizing to my customers. Uh, at your service, not others. Very well. Nice to meet you. Um, would you please be a dear and help me find where I can find this address? Uh, as you said, it was still a bit new to town, and... He opens up the the paper, which has uh, the Maple Leaf Forty Two Lane. Maple Leaf, uh, yeah, down the down the way to the left, out of here, you'll find the town square, and head on towards the water. Uh, there's a small alley where you'll find Maple Leaf. It's a uh, it's an, one of the older streets in town. Marvelous, great. Well, I've got to clean up. So, thanks for coming. The invitation stands and favors, if you're here, we'll talk about it later. Thank you for all of your help. Certainly. Yeah, yeah, my Thank pleasure. You, and he goes back to polishing the table. Lilas walks out the door. Drinks Esper's shot and follows. You head out towards the street and I, pre- I presume you're following the directions he gave? You make your way through the streets, and not before long, you're in front of an old building. It's made of bricks. Its out exterior is humble and simple, a little bit weathered even. Water has crept in and has weathered the old lumber decorations. The paint is faded. The plants on the outside overgrown a small stained glass window in the door is the only way to see into the building all of the windows are shuttered but on the top floor a light is on on the second floor you can tell behind the shutters a little bit of a glow what if Dr. Beering has been operating on bodies and snatching them, and he snatched Marta's body, and Dr. Beering is Marta? What? That's very possible. <laughs> I, you know, never, never mind. Okay. I'm trying to remember. Constantine said that he was being paid to to transport the creature. By Buring. But I remember so clearly that Buring wasn't at that party. I felt very strongly that he knew things would go wrong. He, he had been invited, hadn't he? Invited, oh, but he, he did not show up. I, I suppose that's a good point. He, I don't know if anyone there knew him except for Constantine. I know when they called for a doctor, he wasn't there, but... Maybe it's less odd than I'm thinking that he wasn't there. I suppose... I'm just wondering, was this a nefarious plot or was this greed and stupidity? 
Do you know what I mean? No. no. Mm. Well, that's all right. I, I remember reading a long time ago some sort of article about the whole event itself. I merely briefed past it, but somehow my mind glitched onto it. Um, I don't think that Constantine himself was found uh, at, well, the massacre. So, so what we witnessed and what we remembered in the past that we experienced was somehow different than as it truly is. Uh, meaning, I'm not sure what ever happened to Constantine in the first place. Right. Although he would be old, he could, in theory, still be alive. Okay. Or perhaps so. he was entirely devoured. Yeah. That's also certainly possible. I'm thinking if there were any person in charge of handling that, that thing, uh, it's quite a danger. Um, I, I don't know. As far as that uh, Buring feller, um, I mean, if he is in some way related to the thing up on, uh, up on the fifth floor, I mean... It doesn't smell right, right? I don't think he's on the up and up. No, certainly. Ed, but now that Edmund seemed like a good, straightforward fellow, and he said that Beatrice is good as well, Constantine told me that if I wanted to know everything that happened, I should ask Beatrice, so... Right, Perhaps right. Like that she should... got, she got dropped off of the family, right? Yes, which is very good to know. Yeah. Huh. Edmund was very knowledgeable and helpful. I mean, this when you're was. behind the bar, people talk. A lot of people talk, especially when you're pouring drinks in them. So, that's understandable. I don't. Oh, I don't know everyone. It. it do we think it's a good idea to... Would it attract too much attention if we immediately left the whaler? I don't... I think we should maybe... Well, I mean... Check in at the salted... St maybe have two residences I think while we figure things two, out. If things fall out with the whaler. I... I, I think we might want to tackle what's in... What's in front of us right now, though. Yeah, yeah. And she looks yes. up at the house. Maybe we we keep it in the the back of our minds, or if we if we make it out. Agreed. True. Let me just refresh my memory on my spell. The house is in front of you. You see the door with the stained glass window. A carriage goes by behind you. One of very few. The streets get the street gets not that much traffic at all, but it patters on by to the end of the street as you contemplate. What are you doing? I'd like to, like, if there's a little alley, I'd like to ritually cast Detect Magic. So standing outside... Just concentration. You cast Detect Magic ritually, and inside... DMs hate this one trick. You see some vials very similar to the ones you saw in the safe on the ship 
They're clearly slow ether vials stacked up neatly. Again, it looks like this is something that some people just have. Otherwise, nothing else of a magical nature comes to your attention from within this house. Well, well, that's happening, I'm assuming. Nothing magically alarming. Yeah, it's like ten minutes to cast that spell. Uh, So, at this point, I'll just be, like, approaching the door. Is the stained glass, like, over top of the door? Or yeah, is it in it's the over windows? top. It's kind of like one of those little rounded windows at the top of a door. It depicts a, a crow sitting on a perch. The art on the stained glass. I get it. Uh, he's going to. Uh, I want to see if I can find a way to like look over top of the doorway. Uh, to just like if there's a railing that I can stand on. Uh, hopefully it's made of metal and not wood and I don't just crash through it. But if there's anything I can stand on at all to try and peer through the doorway while Doc's off doing her magic. There's no question that you'll be able to find a way to stand on something to look up here. You wouldn't have to roll a check for it. But please do roll a check for acrobatics because I say that there's a little bit of a nimble component. All right. Uh, I'm a monk, right? That means I have proficiency in acrobatics, right? Right? Okay. That's not bad, actually. It's only, uh, that's a uh, 15. You wedge yourself between one of the metal guardrails on the side and a wooden post of the building, able to lift yourself up nimbly enough to not cause too much of a ruckus outside. Quite quiet. And as you look through the window, you see a humble living room, a kitchen, and interestingly, you see one second. You see Marta as she's cooking something. You recognize her. The glass only tints your view, but you can tell her features. Mm -hmm. She must have stayed home today, didn't go into work. Looking through there, uh, you can see, um, looking at Trevor, he kind of does take like a five second pause, just staring through the window, uh, sort of caught off guard by some unfamiliar feeling, um, or he shakes his head, uh, shakes the cobwebs and hops down, um, turns to the rest of the group. Uh, yeah, there's someone in there. Uh, it's, uh. Well, it's, it's Marta, uh, the, the housekeeper. Well, I suppose that's good news. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what's weird? Uh, when we was in that, um, that uh, memory, that world, that whatever it was we was in, I heard the name Marta and I thought, Man, this world must be playing tricks on me. You 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 heard the name Marta in the past? Yeah. <laughs> All my life. That's uh that's my mama's name. And uh just a quick uh refresher. Marta is a younger woman, correct? She would not be like middle aged to older right now, would she? 
Yeah, Marta, she's an elf, but she clearly looks a bit in her, like, 30s, 35, maybe. Okay, but elven, so who knows? I'm, I'm sure there are plenty, plenty of ladies have that name. It's just like, when I'm in that space and it's, uh, you know, I see a bunch of stuff trying to catch me off guard, that's 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 where I went to. Um, it's... You know, she's a, she's a housekeeper, too, which is so weird. Because, like, that's what she was, too. Uh, kind of. Housekeeper, housemaid, uh, chef. It, she had a bunch of hats she wore. Um, so, you know, when I was in that place, I was like, huh. All right, that Marta, she can't be a person, right? She is just trying to play tricks on me like like that painting with, with the rest of the... I'm sorry, I'm I'm talking too much. Um, yeah, it's weird. Small world, I guess. Would Trevor ever have mentioned his mother before and to Doctor Glass, or would this All be the something? If there was ever a time to talk uh, personally, uh, he would have told you about his mother a lot. Uh, he's he's a real mama's boy. As far as like subject matter. If ever there was a time to talk about past, like he wouldn't talk much about his home. He would talk a lot about his mother, though. Uh, oh, actually, he probably would have brought up Mr. Gaspard, too, because that's the person that she worked for uh, as a housemaid. So basically just bring her up as someone who's like really tough. Uh, and has gone through a lot in her life and, you know, now he's here to try and make her proud, pretty much, is what he'd go off on. Well, I think Dr. Glass maybe gives his elbow a little squeeze. Uh, Says, well, I hope it's a coincidence. I mean, I think so. I mean, looks like her. So, uh, at least I don't know. Uh, it just—it's it, certainly the a lovely name. Funniest things that let you just take a peek into the past, but um, yeah, it is what it is. I'm just chalking it up to a massive coincidence. That's all very wise. Anyway. Uh, enough of my yapping. You about done with that spell? Uh, yes. Sorry, all. Uh, <sighs> nothing interesting to report, which is good news. Not interesting news, but good news. Let's see how she's doing, shall we? Right. Maybe yeah. Yeah, someone else. Yeah. Yes, that's why we're here, isn't it? To check on her. Nidas takes a couple of steps towards the door in a, a very unique Kieranstonian way. He holds his uh, pinky with his thumb and his three remaining fingers knock on the door. A common way of knocking back there, but must look a bit familiar out here as he knocks three times. For a moment, you hear a surprised gasp <gasps> and then footsteps towards the door. The door opens, but not all the way. It has one of those little chains that prevent it from opening further. That people put on their door to protect themselves from uh, guests, I suppose. And mother, 
Oh, um, hi. Hey. You, so, uh, is the hotel looking for me? I, I called out. I, I couldn't go in today. I felt ill. So I for disturbing you, Martha. It's, it's, it's us. Of course, you know. It's absolutely fine if you're staying at home. We're here to check up on you, see if you how you're doing. You are you all right, my dear? I'm. I'm okay. Are you sure? Um. Uh, right. Yes. Um. She closes the door, unlatches the lock, and opens it all the way. Thank you for coming to visit. I be glad to make you something. Tea, coffee. Why don't you come in? Not particularly thirsty, but I would appreciate if we could just sit down and talk. And really, we're here to see how you're, how you're holding up. And he enters. You step in to this house that smells musty. Cushions of the sofa are askew. A lamp is lit. A grandfather clock ticks but the air still feels still stagnant. Uh, the faded wallpaper looks old, both intricate and pattern. But Wes, would you say it's perhaps suspiciously musty and unkempt for the home of a professional cleaner? I would say so. And as you step in, just even the the smell of the air kind of starts to give you a a light headache. It's like more than is comfortable. I I think strange smell or not, Esper is going to be checking every corner and every... where there's a piece of furniture that casts a shadow behind it, Esper's eyes dart to it. You look around and no corner of the house offers you much insight or respite the sensation is that of uncertainty it's every corner is just a little darker than is comfortable there's a sound that rings from the the oven in the house it seems to be a little bit defective it's it screams in every way discomfort and is the slow ether that was detected, is this out in the open or is this concealed? It is out in the open. There is a little glass shelf with a couple of slow ether bottles stacked up on one another at the top. Bottles meaning they could be holding multiple doses at once? No, very similar to the single dose okay. ones that you have. All right. There's three total. There, there is a, a particular lingering on them for a moment. Nesper's lips kind of turn down. She makes a bit of a disgusted face as she turns away from it. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you checking up on me. I, I know I, that was crazy. That was just crazy what happened. To say the least, yes. Um, to be frank, um, I'd hate to make you remember all that happened, but 
it's crucial that we understand what truly happened, try to investigate, try to solve and prevent any further abominations. Uh, Wait. Would you be able to tell us what happened? What do you mean by what truly happened? What do you remember, dear? And is it all right if I take a, a, a look at you? Remember, I am a doctor. Yeah. Um, wait, you said you're a doctor? Y- oh. Yes, of course. She okay. gestures to her bag. Sure. sure. Um, yeah, take a look. I'll tell you what I remember. I, I went into the room, and there was somebody there. It was one of the contractors. And when I got in, the monster saw me. But he distracted it. And I was able to run, but I couldn't make it to the door anymore. He was in the way, and he was fighting it. And so I I found a closet, and I put myself into the farthest corner that I could so that it wouldn't see me or find me. And then, then, then I just waited. It's okay, dear. You're safe now. And can I do a medicine check on her while she's talking? You know, check her pupils, all of that, see if there are any abnormal effects. Yeah, go ahead and roll medicine. Not sure if uh, this is specifically trying to help with the medicine, but he's trying to help calm her down, if he can, by you know, getting a bit close. Trying <laughs> that to, is a to Get her eye contact. Persuasion from Nihilus. Total. Will do. For a total of three. Okay, and what was the medicine check? A ten total. It was not good. She's surprisingly hard to read. Ever since you stepped foot in this house, your thoughts have been a bit murky. Your head with a headache, sharp and piercing, making it difficult to focus. Just that smell is so unusual. It doesn't smell rotten, but... It's like the heavy odor of somebody's house, just slightly more than typical, uncomfortable. And you notice with a 10, just that she looks a bit out of it, a bit in a haze, her pupils just slightly dilated. But she did just go through what what most would consider a traumatic event. She looks uncomfortable, and Nihilus' attempts to calm her don't seem to help do you live here by yourself it's it's sort of a large house yes it's just me just one girl yes do I, do i need to roll insight on that wes would you like to roll My insight passive on that? is 17 uh i mean i i know that that was not truthful but i'll roll to see what else i can find out sorry uh I rolled a 23 on insight. Uh, so is she, she's, she answered quickly. Did she look in any particular direction? Yeah. So what's great about insight uh, in D&D is if you don't keep it as a binary, are they lying or not? It can be really fun. And as you carefully inv- inspect her as she's speaking, keeping note of all of her features and ticks, where she's looking... She says, no, I don't have anybody else in the house. And 
You notice immediately her eyes trail up and to the right, the corner of the room. It is a two-level home, but she clearly looked in a very specific direction. And as you notice this, she tries to overcorrect and she looks down to the other corner of the room and puts on more of a concern. It was just very difficult. What was, dear? And since I was in the midst of immediate uh, medicine check, how, how's her heart rate? It's high. Do I feel like she's afraid of whatever it is? Well, that's going to be tough because she could also just be afraid of these line of questioning in front of her. You do notice she's pale, um, sweating a bit. And a 23, I mean, it's a great role, but you'd have to be able to distinguish. And in this case, it's it's hard to distinguish between fear of the guest and fear of whatever else there might be. Inside checks are not admissible in court. Yes. <laughs> Which is why Dr. Glass didn't want to go to the authorities. She's the authority. Uh, but sorry, she was speaking. She said uh, it, it was just hard. What was it? What was the last thing you said? It was just really difficult. I, I've never seen a body before. And walking through the room and past that monster, I tried not to look. I tried really hard not to look. But you didn't? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was terrifying. I know, my dear. That's a very normal reaction. Titus, instead of sitting a bit up close, goes to uh, lean back and he takes a, a notebook from one of his inner pockets. Might be able to help you speak more freely, but... It will be alarming at first. It's perfectly safe, but people sometimes are startled by it. Would you like me to try? Basically, I'm asking her permission to speak into her mind. In case that will allow her to speak more freely. Uh, so uh, I'm asking her if I can give her an ability to speak more freely that will startle her at first. Okay. Um, and Nihilus, you said you take out a notebook? Mm hmm Yes. Nihilus takes out a notebook and he starts to lean back a bit more on his chair. A little bit, he crosses his legs and doesn't get as much close in his face. He, uh, from a flick of your wrist, he summons out of the thin air an ordinary-looking clickable pen quite mechanical in nature and he starts getting ready to, to write notes and he asks a couple of questions in a bit of an investigating type of he asks was there anything else you heard on your way up do you know why exactly you had to go check the fifth floor is there anything else you could tell us about what you knew about the fifth floor in the first place well one of the contractors were missing and I was just supposed to go check on them and bring them back, tell them not to go back to the fifth floor. Missing, you say? Do you know for how long? Just a few hours. Do you know why they had been missing in the first place? Were they sent yeah. up to the f fifth yeah, floor Maggie, too? Maggie told the contractors that there's nothing on the fifth floor 
and you should just go and start planning the renovation to bring it up to speed because we have too many guests. That's why they went. So a couple of hours went by and then up you went. Did you hear anything before entering the room all the way in the back of the corridor? I... No. I opened the door where I saw there had been some fresh footsteps. And then I saw him looking into the eye of this beast. He looked like he was in a trance. And when I went in, the beast looked at me and he snapped out of it. I think he saved my life. Is he himself snapped out of it, you say? Yes, when the when the beast stopped looking at him and looked at me, it suddenly he was awake and he fought it. I just remember there was a loud crash from behind me when I went into the closet and I think I think he died. Thank you, dear. I'm so sorry for having you relive that. And he goes to continue scribble some notes. You can take this. He's being very peculiar about it and it takes his time. You asked if I could speak to you in my mind. Is that something you can do, miss? You're very astute. Yes, it is a special skill I have. I don't want anybody rummaging around in there. I would prefer you didn't. I, I wouldn't hear anything that you didn't explicitly tell me. I don't want anything in my mind. All right, well, that's why I asked. Can you tell me out loud how long you've lived here? And Dr. Glass looks at the spot where Marta had looked. You see, she has her hands tucked between her legs. She's almost shaking, like with nervousness. I've been here for, I want to say, like, almost my whole life. Be about... 40 years. Do you have any connection to Dr. Samuel Buring? Dr. Who? Is that what brought you? Bingo. It's quite all right, dear. We're here to help. You know something? The good Dr. Buring. And I also want to see if she reacts to the phrase the good doctor. I... Okay. Okay. We can step outside if you'd like. We can go someplace. But we are trying to help. I... Trust me. I did a favor. Many years ago. I wasn't supposed to tell anybody. I thought it was all done. I thought I wouldn't have to hear his name again. I don't I don't know how you know, but that doesn't that doesn't matter. 
She leans in, almost whispering, but her voice shaky. Dr. Buring is... um, He's upstairs. What? I... Is he... In a form that we would recognize. Trevor kind of looks cockeyed. As a man? She says that. Uh, Is he in a form that we would recognize as a man? She says again, sort of trying to sound less scared. Yes. He's He's not awake. He doesn't wake up. He's never woken up. But I, I just know, I know that he can hear me. I, I, I think Doctor. he knows that you're here. Doctor. Nihilus points towards his mind. He makes a couple of gestures where he points towards his own mind, suggesting to continue speech through the mind. And he points towards the both of you. And she, and immediately, and immediately... With a like a a whooshing sound, you hear in your mind. Yes, Nihilus. Uh, apologies. You can speak freely, and Esper as well. Hello, Esper. Uh, Nihilus um, says in his mind, but he's also gesturing it with his hands as he's being very pragmatic. The way how he's trying to talk, uh, Trevor would probably have a good guess of what's being said as he's saying. I know she said no, but try to speak to her in her own mind. If she's feeling threatened or anything at all, uh, maybe that's the only way. And he now looks towards Esper and and towards Trevor, and he's getting ready to stand up. Yeah, as as they're having a uh, psychic conversation, uh, Trevor is uh, hearing the lull in the conversation. Uh, and he's just going to go. All right. Uh, miss, you say he's upstairs. You feel like you're in danger? I don't know why. He's been laying... He's been laying in bed for 40 years. But I just... I, I fear him. All right. Uh, not wanting to question any further, uh, Trevor just goes, All right, this is what we're going to do. You find some place, maybe not in this house. You find some place you feel safe, a room, lock the doors, look out for yourself. What are you going to do? We're just going to see what's up. And Dr. Glass puts some coin in her hand and says, the salt, Edmund at the Salted Stout, we just spoke with him and he offered us a room. If if you go there now and say, uh, uh, Dr. Glass or, or Isadora sent me, you can, you can stay in You'll our be room. taken care of. Okay. She almost puts on a brave face for a moment as she stands up, clutching the coins to her chest. 
Okay. So I'm You're leaving. very resilient, Marta. Leaving? You have been very resilient all this time. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. And she slowly makes her way towards the door of the house. She puts her shoes on, slips them on, and puts her hand on the doorknob and looks back up to the same corner of the room she looked at previously. She opens the door and then runs as fast as she can away from the house. Good girl. Nihilus starts walking towards the stairs and from his hip he unlocks the, the metal chain connecting his Decimonium Veritas uh, ready to put its pages open to well, if one had good memory an electrical page You walk slowly towards the staircase the old wood of the floorboards creaking beneath you make your way to the stairs. I presume everybody else is following. Yes. Oh, she as for sure not staying downstairs if everyone else is going up. I just start traversing the stairs up carefully. And Doctor, and he hears in his sorry. I just wanted to give you Bartok real quick. <laughs> he hears in his mind. This is what you were made for, Nihilus. Do your god proud. And now he has Bardic. He feels inspired. You take a step onto the first stair. It creaks beneath. This old wooden house, you know there's no sense of silence you could possibly gain while making your way up. The next step and the following. And finally you get up the stairs to one single door. An old wooden one. It's not locked. The doorknob is right in front of you. You slowly put your hand onto it, turning the knob and pushing it open. And in this dark room, all windows completely shuttered, the narrow slits of light through the shutters, all that illuminates, there's a bed, a nightstand, and nothing else but a large machine, but not like a whirring mechanical one. Bags attached to it. Bags that attach to tubes that attach to a body in the bed. What looks to be an old man whose form figure has compressed from 40 years of laying in the same position. Skin drooping over the edges of the bed folds. You see a mask on his face that seems to force air in. And protruding from his head, a large oblong-shaped red organ is all that could describe it that lays onto the bed beside him. It's ominously familiar to the same organ from within the beast that you slayed, the one 
that maintained the consciousnesses of its prey attached to this breathing, albeit sleeping, lifeless man. And that... That is where we will cut to break for 40 minutes. moments when the weight of the pickaxe feels too heavy, let this tune lighten your burden and remind you of why we push forward.
folks, I gotta tell you, it's a beautiful evening here in the city. I don't know how many of you are out and about tonight, but if you are, be sure to tilt your gaze skyward and take in this captivating night sky. The view from atop the citadel almost has me at a loss for words. You know, for all you lovers out there, tonight's the perfect night to lay out under the stars with someone you're sweet on. So pull them in close. Whisper sweet nothings in their ear. And enjoy this next tune.
For every hard-working soul, here's a tune to keep your spirits high and your feet tapping. Remember, we're the backbone of this city. not just my heart, but surely the hearts of many listening tonight. Fellow Crow Perchians, if, if you've got a piece of advice or a story or 
Even just words of comfort for our good friend Leo. Send it our way. And Leo, stay tuned. This vast community might just have the guidance you seek. But before we get to that, it's time for another tune. Take a listen to this piece. I think you'll enjoy it. Stepping into the room, the only sound that protrudes beyond the general noises from outside is the respirator that's attached to this man and his face. You hear every time he goes to take a breath, feels labored to say the least, but as you enter, He remains still motionless in bed, just this red organ pulsing by his side, identical to that of the beast you encountered, the core where the memories were stored. What would you like to do? I think I might throw up. Nihilus stepping before stepping into the room itself, he clasps his holy cross and he shouts out loud, Fright not, Soros, let the not be night as I guide you to summon me my holy light. As he casts light on his holy cross to enlighten the room. The room illuminates. It's bright inside now and you can see it's not dust on the floor and on the walls but just this thin layer of red mist as if as if somebody's blood had aerosolized and lightly deposited itself on everything in the room it's sticky to the touch Mm. what in the damnation has happened here what are we even looking at I don't like it. I don't like this at all. I ain't gonna talk like I'm any kind of doctor or authority on this thing, but, um... I'm just gonna say what I can for certain. I don't think he's alright. It's like he's looking at us. Look over there. 
it seems similar. The organ. The eye. You think he's dangerous? I assume so. Oh, yes. Nihilus takes a step closer in into the room. And Wes, none of this pinged my detect magic, right? This is... Very similar to when you were in the room itself and you detected magic on the creature. Whatever it is, is not giving you a magical eminence. Right. As another breath is taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to try it one more time. Uh, she's going to try to use subsume thoughts to speak to Dr. Buring into his mind. Uh, but first she speaks to Nihilus in his mind. Well, I hope this doesn't fry my brain. Uh, but if it does, it was basically nice to know you, Nihilus. As she says that, he puts his hand on her shoulder and casts guidance. And she says into Dr. Buring's mind, Knock, knock. Anybody ho? You feel as though you hear music in the background, quietly, in the recesses of his mind, just echoing outward. And as you say this, you hear a response. Yes? Who's there? This is Dr. Isadora Glass, uh, making a professional call upon Dr. Samuel Bering. Oh, fantastic. Another doctor. Yes, feel free to come in, make yourselves comfortable. I can invite you shortly. I'm busy right now, as you could probably tell. Uh, yes, are you trapped in a monster of some sort? Trapped? I don't know. It's not the word I would use. But as I said, I'm busy. I'm performing a surgery. If you could uh, make yourselves comfortable. Open your minds. Oh, you're too kind. I... We would not want to intrude. And... She starts gesturing. She makes, like, the throat cut gesture to her allies. Oh, it's no intrusion. Believe me, I love having guests. And new people. Well, that's as exciting as it gets. Yes, well, we do have other stops to make today. I just wanted to send my regards. Uh, Constantine says hello. Oh, Constantine. How interesting. Well, tell him I said hello. Uh, I, I, I will do my best. I don't know if I'll be seeing him again. Uh, did he ever finish that job you paid him for? No. He failed miserably, is what I'm told. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, well, sometimes things get out of control. It's to be expected when you don't do things yourself. Anyway. 
Why didn't you do things yourself? As you can probably tell, I feel the same way. Oh, yes, uh, just a small matter. Uh, being completely bedridden and unable to move in a catatonic state for about... Uh, last I checked, uh, at least 39 years, maybe 40. I can't tell anymore. Oh, you were at the time. So, Constantine met you here, or how did you talk to Constantine? Like I said, I'm performing a surgery, and if we were to have a conversation, I would prefer to do it face-to-face. -face. So if you'd like to get whatever answers you're looking for here, make yourselves comfortable, open your minds, and when I'm done, I will invite you in. I'll uh, relay that to the others. Uh, I'll... Let you do your work for the Thank moment. Thank you. And, she... and immediately you feel the connections sever like a door being slammed in your face. And she ushers everyone out into the hall and relays that conversation. Uh, Wes, is it likely at all that Esper would find the sound of a respirator familiar? Why would she? Uh, my line of thought is that in the asylum where they stayed in, it might be possible that patients may do damage to themselves or incur damage on them that could put them in a state of needing some sort of aid with struggle breathing. That'd be expensive though, right? It's definitely not common. It would be very expensive. <laughs> But Esper has been in the system for a long time. And I would say roll a history check. History? Can I also roll a history check? Just see if I know like, where one gets such machines? Um, I'm going to leave this one just for Esper for now. I... Do you still have a level ex of exhaustion? So I rolled a natural 20 and a natural 1 for a negative 1. Ooh. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Damn. Let me think for a moment. You were in a room when you were small early days of being in the system of seeing doctors of having visits of getting medicated and a doctor walks into the room he steps in looks down at you you shake your medicine Yes. Good. Because you're being transferred. And he grabs onto your hand very tightly, what, it, uncomfortably what, what, tightly. Where what, where am I being what where where are you taking me? He begins pulling you through the door and dragging down the hall. You had Where are we going? Where am I being taken to? He's not saying anything, and he passes a door, and there inside, just for a moment, you, s you hear a familiar sound, like the sound of a respirator. But he grabs onto your hand even more tightly, 
and whatever insight you might have gained is lost to his dragging you through the halls until he gets to the door where there is a carriage with a large metal trunk in the back. Padded. Get in. Let go, let go of me. Let, let go. No. no. No, I'm not going. I'm, I'm not going. Look at me. He grabs onto your shoulders and pulls you into the direction to see him. Let go. You can't. You can't make me. You, you can't. Your parents are done. Gonna... They're not paying for this bill anymore. You're being transferred. It's over. He picks you up and tosses you into the padded trunk. Slams it closed. That's what you remember of the sound of a respirator. I think then, especially because my role was terrible... That it isn't that I remember clearly the event, but it's more like the noise of that big, long, raspy inhale snaps something familiar in her mind. And she has to search for it and search for it, and she can't really find it, but it hits the nerve just the right way that has her inching back the more that we stay in this room the more that dr glass is clearly talking to this thing that's in the bed by the time dr glass has ended the conversation esper's not even in the room anymore she had sprinted down the stairs and made for the front door you uh I'm going to go see if I can uh, catch up to her. Uh, I think you do that. I'll be right back. He's going to leave the, the doctoring to the doctors. I'm just going to uh, head downstairs and just try and retrace their steps. The door is open unless something shut it. It's open. And Esper is... Um, out on the stoop. <sighs> Ma'am, uh, just passing by. Uh, oh, no, Mario left. Yeah, uh, she's just going to stick her... Uh, Trevor's just going to stick his head out. Say, You good? Uh, um, I... Second... <gasps> Okay. I know it, it's 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 rough out there. Uh, you just listen. I'm I'm grassmat straws here, trying to to figure out what's what's got you in a tizzy. But uh, if you ain't okay, that's fine. It's some messed up shit up there. It... Mm. 
like placing a hand in the air and pushing on it as if they're trying to like push against something that's not there repeatedly for a little bit and progressively their breath doesn't get calm but it gets calmer from heaving gasps I'm gonna do a quick wipe of their face turn around to the face Trevor it's okay it's it, I'm I'm sorry sorry I'm sorry. that's that's fine. You don't... Uh, clearly, uh, clearly something happened. Do, do you, do you ever, um, like, out of, out of nowhere, do you ever smell something or see something or hear something and it, it brings you back in your mind to something so long ago and you don't even really remember what it was, but you can remember how it felt. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Uh, Esper, I understand if something happened there that that overwhelmed you. You know, we go through a, a lot in our life thinking, you know, time heals wounds. But we, you know, some people know that that ain't always true, you know? Sometimes, sometimes we just forget about it. You know, a lot of time. Sometimes that's how we heal, and it ain't until we see it again that we realize we ain't done any healing at all. So I get it. I, I, I think you got it really right. You, you hit that nail. ask you something I mean yeah I'm here like we need today I when talking over breakfast and and now uh, in the room with what whatever that man has become but yesterday too you and everybody else but you were you were there right up against it the same as me how do you... How do you... How do you put how afraid you are to the side and, and choose, choose to do something about it? I don't know how I can... Trevor kind of... As he was kind of looking down... He takes a deep breath. There, There is a pause. Uh, as he's clearly looking for the words to say that will try and put some part of them at ease. I don't know how to do I don't know how to do that. I've never... Let's put it this way, I suppose. It wasn't that I wasn't scared. I was terrified. Right? Mm-hmm. And that thing. When I looked at that creature, it reminded me of my own. My own feelings. 
And then I kind of went a little crazy. You know, my whole life I, I was, you know, I, I have to be physical. If something's scary, that just means that there are parts of, of my, my thinking that need to take a rest, take a break. But fear, fear never really goes away. No. So, when you're in a spot where anything can happen, and there's a good chance that you probably won't make it out of there the same as you went in, you need to think about other things. You need to think about why you're here. You need to think about positive things that you got to come back to. And I, I don't claim to know what, what your life was like before I met you. And I'm, I ain't gonna make no assumptions. But, like... Courage ain't the absence of fear. You know? It needs it. So, there are times where you gotta use that fear and turn it into fear of something that you need to keep. See, if I if I died up in that room, there's a lot of things I didn't do that I wish I could have done, and that's the fear that kept me going. You, you have things that you want to look forward to, is what you mean. The things that you can hang on to. There's another long pause. I like to think so. The key thing to, to, to keep in your head is when you're feeling like this, when the chips are down and you got to do something, you got to use the fear, turn it into survival. You made it this far, right? How would you do that? Like in the, like in the basement. Exactly. I don't... I see, I see what you're saying. I do, I do, Trevor. I don't think that it is exactly the same way for me. But I... I have something that I might be able to work with. At least. There's... If it works... There's a lot of times where I'm fighting against something and after the fight I wonder how I was capable of, of such a thing. Whether yeah, I'm serious, alright? I, I grew up as, as like some pissant farm boy. 
I weren't there for fighting, but I don't know, maybe it's the orc in me or something, but when I'm in the middle of scrap, there's there's something that just takes over. And I, I gotta work hard to to not become that. So maybe when you feel fear, it's something else. Maybe it ain't just fear. Maybe it's something trying to sneak its way into you. Maybe it ain't just fear. Maybe it's sadness. Maybe it's anger. Maybe you're mad at something. So maybe when the, t- when the going gets tough, your best bet, don't shoo that anger away. Let it drive you. I know we don't know each other very well, Trevor, but I couldn't push my anger aside no matter how hard I try. So maybe that's that's my ticket. If something scares me, if it reminds me of anything then I can remember how angry I am about why I was afraid in the first place. A lot of a lot of people in power try and enforce their will on folks. I've seen it. I've in a lot of cases I've been part of it. You know? That's what Merc life is, is you're always working under someone. So, I don't claim to know you, but I know that there's that spark in you. People try to control you, right? They want you to be a certain way, right? Yeah. Yes, they do. And the fear is how they get you to do that. Turn that fear into something else. Turn it on them. We'll see. I'm not... Uh, is it bad that I heard that noise and all I thought was I wanted to go over to that man in that bed and rip the mask right? If I were a smarter man, I might have said, you shouldn't let your baser instincts get the better of you. But I ain't a smarter man. I'd have done the exact same thing. Esper's gonna, like, sort of shuffle their weight a bit, get up on their toes slightly, and reach a hand up towards Trevor. To not being smart people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's no need to thank me. Just, uh... There is. I don't... I don't know if I want to explain it right now. And and, and we left them inside. 
and I'm I'm sorry to them. But so we should get going back. I'll do better. We should should go inside. Are you okay? And see that they're okay. No, but but I'm better than I would have been if you hadn't come to check up on me. So, try to work with it. We can settle with better. We can settle with better. Dr. Glass. Nihilus von Stonen. Please roll intelligence saving throws with disadvantage. Save. Ah. Disadvantage, lovely. Um, with Bardic, I believe I get to choose after nice. I see the roll. So I'm going to roll and... Uh, ooh, that added a whole five for a total of 16. And how much is Dr. Glass? My dice came up 15 and 17. So I have a 17. We smart? both very good rolls uh, before something happens before something happens Dr. Glass you hear a voice in your head alright I'm done are you ready for, for our meeting I think out loud Dr. Glass says, Nihilus, let's just smash everything. Well, that's... Wait a moment. It's quite particular. Curiously interesting how this man would, in theory, in fact, would have lived in this room for up to 40 years, even with assistance. It's quite a marvelous feat. And look at all this technology he has here. Even if it were to go 40 years back, I've not seen something like this before, have you? Are you familiar with the concept of an autopsy, Nihilus? Well, yes, of course. Wes, is there a plug that uh, Dr. Glass sees that she could maybe pull? Yes, if you like, you could. Are you feeling threatened right now, Dr. Glass? Uh, yes, I've been stabbed in the back by one too many... Uh, friendly doctor colleagues and uh, ones who are performing surgery psychically while affiliated with mind beasts. I don't really want to be their friends. Right. Well, I'm here to have your back. Do not fret. But if you think that is the wisest decision, I will follow your lead. And I think she's going to mage hand pull the plug. Okay. For once, she's not going to just uh, indulge her curiosity. Who had the 16? Nihilus. Okay. Nihilus. Uh, you go to look towards the plug, and it's almost as if you blinked, and you're standing maybe seven steps closer to this person with your arm outstretched. Dr. Glass, you seem to have snapped out of it but Nihilus continues to walk towards the man with his hand outstretched. 
DC was a fail for Nihilus, a success for Dr. Glass. Your eyes went dark for a second, and as you opened them again, you see your hand in front of you, stretching towards this man, pointing towards the organ lying on the bed beside him. You've taken seven steps that you don't remember. But Nihilus continues to walk. There's a man. Towards the man and the organ. All right. Uh, I smack the organ with my cane. Okay. Is your attack intended to be lethal? That would be great. Okay. Go ahead and roll to hit. I assume Nihilus is still in trance. He is. He takes two more steps towards the man, his hand maybe just six inches away from the organ. Okay. Eighteen to hit. You smash the organ. The cane goes through the meat as it basically explodes into blood and gore around the table. And with that, this man draws his last breath. Nihilus, you're conscious. Good riddance to bad doctors. Uh, oh, it's over already. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt our dialectic, Nihilus, but it was entrancing you and drawing you inwards. Truly. And I didn't think... Yes, I'm afraid so. And I as well, me as well, but I snapped out of it just a second ago. It... It goes to take a step closer towards a man, seeing... I know I shouldn't say this, but what a shame. You should say how you feel. I don't feel that way in that exact... I feel like opening the blinds, firstly. You do so. This place is dusty and bloody as hell. The light casts its way in, illuminates the room. You see the lifeless body of this man beside you as Esper and Trevor open the door, and you also see this. Uh, did, Did you happen to learn where it's from? Why it's here, what its purpose is, what it's doing, why, how it got created? No, he was clever enough to just dangle a carrot at my curiosity to try to get me to open my mind to him, but... This don't look right. He did say he was performing surgery, which could mean uh, literally physically, as in he is possessing someone's body and physically performing surgery, in which case I hope they survived... Or it could have been a more psychic surgery. Uh, um, hmm, you're back. W- 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 I'm glad to see that you're all, you're all right. It looks like you've um, well, you've taken care of that. What about you? Are you all right, Esperanza? 
Yes, it started to possess our minds and entrance us and draw us in, and I just, I just smashed it. Did you? Oh, 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 Traveler, I wasn't wrong after all about that thought. Yeah. Uh, um, thank you, Mister Nice. I, I'll be, I'll, I'll be better. I'm getting there. Yeah. Not great, but better than I was. They're all right. Let's. Have a look around. Maybe he left behind some clues. Maybe Martha had a notebook. What? What about that? What about the the thing on his head? It was like the other monsters, right? Is it still there? It was. I wish I could have preserved it, but I had to act quickly. Well, better than being whatever they wanted to do with your brains. Precisely. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll give him a, a look over, though. Nyla's also going to look around the room. Uh, investigation from both of you, please, Dr. Glass and Nylas. And I guess I still have my guidance. For the record, as this is happening, Trevor is not investigating around. He is got his eyes locked on uh, the body, just making sure it doesn't do anything funny. You're keeping careful watch of it. All right. Uh, for a total of 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rolled a 21. Guidance is declared in advance, right? I did cast it in advance. But do I have to declare that I'm using it in advance? Because I kind of said I was. You get to choose. I, okay, then great. Then we'll save it. Okay. 21 investigation. Um, Nihilus, you look around the room. It's bare. There's not much here. The walls old, the floors old, the machine that's next to him. It's unique. It's not like a standard hospital device. It looks handmade. It's this contraption has several bags attached to it that fill with air and deflate with each breath. However, in this at this case, it's uh, just remaining inflated, and it stopped operating. The rest of the room is there's not much to be found, except for that slick mist that seems to have gathered on the walls and floors. Looking into it a bit as you rub it between your fingers, it has an organic texture to it, but what exactly it is is unclear. Having a close look at the the machine that the handcrafted particles is, would, would there be any insignia, any recognized features, be able to tell who or what made it? We try to really focus on that, however we can. Looking at this machine, it's clearly completely custom. Every part machined, made specially for it but it seems to run on a mechanism that has some familiar properties you hear a clicking coming from the machine and it reminds you a lot of the ticking of a watch the gears and cogs of this machine they follow a rhythmic pattern and you can you can guess that whoever made this 
is familiar with the making of timepieces. He's gonna actually scribble, scrabble as he summons uh, another ordinary magical pen that appears and disappears as quickly as he uses it with his hand. And he notes that down in his notebook as well. This will take him some time as well. Dr. Glass, you look over the body and you see this man clearly hasn't moved in the entire 40 years he presumed to have been here. The skin folds over itself onto the bed. He almost looks flat like a pancake. His chest, his muscles, his bones all deflated like a balloon that's lost its air. The skin in between all of the folds has these pustules of of lack of cleanliness over that period of time. The face barely has any recognition as the skin has sagged and spread itself over the bed. And all you see that bears any life to it is this organ that is now smashed next to him. The glow from it has dissipated and you just see an outpouring onto the floor of a red pus. I wonder if poor Marta was here just for for maintenance and he sent her to be a quote-unquote cleaner to bring that beast you know the beast would have been in the hotel that whole time yeah Uh, well hopefully she'll be a little more forthcoming yeah now that she's safe it certainly makes most sense it's not like he was doing it on his own Luckily, we know where she should be going. Yes. We can talk to her. We can talk to Beatrice. Uh, There must be some other information somewhere in this house. Let's hope so. I have so many questions. I'm dying of curiosity over here. Should we look through the whole house? I would like to. Okay. Clues. What is this abomination? I've... How is he controlling and speaking to our minds, controlling us in a state like he was? Why is this oh. room so sticky? I believe it's part of the organ's nature. I think it's... I'm not sure. It's just a theory. It's dispersing some kind of matter into the air which it somehow connects to controls with i think that's how it could reach to our minds perhaps we sniff it through the air if that's the case i hope it has nothing to do with that feather rot that was mentioned earlier right that's what i was thinking right feather rot's going around do you think this guy has it do you think if we're anywhere near this place you think we got it like what highly contagious Esper's taking a much slower step back than the last last time she left this room i would quite recommend we all totally cleanse each other well once we get back just to be sure Wes, could you describe the pustules again does dr glass feel like they're associated with disease or with being oh, I would love to describe the pustules. Okay. <laughs> if you would. Um, the, My gift to you as a player. This organ, as it drips onto the floor, this red pus-like liquid, uh, it's 
thick. It doesn't drip rhythmically. It's goopy as it kind of falls off of the bed. But it does, especially with your investigation role, look... I hate to say clean, because that's not really the word that probably is appropriate here. But it doesn't look pestilent in like this rotten green type liquid sense that you'd expect from an infection it it looks like organic material more so and with that there is a slamming on the door downstairs and you hear martha martha open the door Towards the window at the top floor, sees if he can peek something outside. You look out and you see a half-orc, dressed somewhat nicely, banging on the door. How old is he? Do I recognize some of his features? First of all, give me a perception check, uh, with advantage to account for the group. For a total of 23... He's he's healthy and and well built, but old. That's clear. Wrinkles on his face. He doesn't look panicked. He looks urgent. He wears a suit, an expensive one, at that. Martha. I listen gets back inside. I believe this is our dear mystery Merc, our dear Constantine. My eye does not betray me. Let's welcome him. Don't forget, we've never met him before in our lives. I'm excellent at pretending that. I just go downstairs. Fine. I'm not leaving this room, though. I need to make sure this thing don't try anything funny. Don't get sick as he puts his hand on you and casts guidance as he walks downstairs. Since it'll take a moment for her to get down the stairs anyway, I think she's gonna uh, lag behind to use her poisoner's kit to collect a little of this pus. Okay, you can do so. Nihilus, you head downstairs into the living area, walking through the room you get to the door. And are you opening it for this man? Right before opening, he dismisses the illuminating light on his holy cross, uh, tries to tidy up whatever he can from the blood mist, as he would call it, that is infected on his clothes. And he opens the door in a greeting, welcoming stance. Who the fuck are you? Greeting. I'm Nihilus von Stonen, Inquisitor, at your service, although... If I am guessing correctly, you must be Constantine. Roll an athletics check. Oh, shit. <laughs> Start expecting that. Yeah, that's not what any of us. Hello, friend. It's good old zero. He grabs onto your collar, dragging you out of the building and slamming you against the wall right outside. Who the fuck are you? Where's Martha? I. I'm oh crap in my throat. I told you I'm Nihilus. Go. Uh, how many people could hear that scuffle? 
Uh, it's very loud. He's screaming. He throws Nihilus onto the ground into the bushes and barges his way in. Martha! Christopher's gonna stand at the top of the stairs. I would love to say Nihilus is not resisting, but he is, and it's not a difference. Esther's <laughs> <laughs> going to stand at the top of the stairs. Does he pass by her vision? He walks first across the room to the kitchen, looks through some of the adjacent doors, and then finally looks towards the staircase. Damn it! And he starts walking towards the stairs. The moment that Constantine gets in the view of Esper, Esper is not great at hiding things. Constantine might not know what it means, but there is a look of sudden, not oh no in the I'm scared way necessarily, but it is oh no, it's you in an angry way. He starts walking up the stairs, and I presume you're visible at this point to him, right? Yes. Who are you? Out of my way! And he goes up the stairs, trying to brush right past you as he goes up to, towards the room. I don't... I don't think so. Do you stop him? Yes. Roll athletics. With disadvantage, that is a 17. He pushes you against the wall as he passes. Everybody hears Esper slam against the wooden wall as the footsteps continue up the stairs. Marta, you better be up here! Hello? Hello, Marta? Is that you? He stops at the door. As he looks inside. You're not Marta. Who are you? Did you do this? He walks towards the bed and inspects the body. And then looks towards Dr. Glass. She's hunching over a little. Trying to look older than she is. What have you done with Marta? <laughs> Trevor is just like... Eyes are darting in between Glass and the body and Constantine. What have you done? Well, obviously Marta ain't here, you fucking idiot. What have you done? Ain't done nothing, she here. You see a vein in his head kind of popping out with anger as he looks towards the body. Do you know who that is? An old man that kind of got a little too fucking old. You see him shaking his head left to right in just utter disappointment and and almost in pain. You have you have no idea. And he turns towards the door. You're dead. I'm going to bolt You're towards dead. him and try and grapple him. Roll athletics. All I know is that he's a Vanthorn. <laughs> And fuck him I, up, fuck him up. He's. Yeah, I need to help keep a hold of him and not let him leave this place and tell his friends. Nyla starts walking up the stairs. It's a 21. For the first time, somebody actually apprehends him. They hold on to him. And. 
You don't know what you're doing. <sighs> and you're showing your ignorance, whoever the fuck you are. Uh, that ain't hard. But that being said, you ain't going talking to your buds. You want to talk? I'll talk. He turns. So how about you enlighten us instead of <coughs> grabbing us by our throat first? I did properly announce myself. He turns his head towards the body, looking toward it for a second. That's Samuel Buring. Do you know who that is? Does that name mean anything to you? I believe you're trying to say that was... I know he's the man who duped you about 50 years ago, Constantine. (laughs) You have no idea what happened 50 years ago. And she casts Detect Thoughts. On the surface level, you hear... um, You hear the sentiment of... Who are these people? How could they possibly have made their way in here? You know, and you, you can feel with your Detect Thoughts... The not an emotion of anger as much as disappointment, determinism. He got you to bring that creature into the hotel, and it got loose. I don't know if that's why Gregory killed Eliza. I don't know if that would have happened anyway. Why would you still? be working with a man who'd caused all of that carnage. Ah, you're my assassins. I was wondering what happened to that beast. Well, let me enlighten you. You just killed a surgeon, but not just any. You killed the nobles best during a very important surgery. You just made an enemy of half the families on the island. Well, only if you tell them it was was us. I don't have to tell them. Uh, <laughs> They'll know. They have their ways. When you're speaking of a surgeon, the families, what would be connected between the two? Well, they, someone needs... They often have... The richest folks often have sort of their favorite doctor. That's sort of... Ha- what I'm doing now is the... The elites in uh, Sovereign Seagate, you know, one of them goes to me and then they all have to go to me. Same thing with surgeons. Listen, man, you are talking fucking crazy. This, he was laying in a bed hanging over the side for years, looks like. What kind of, what kind of surgery was he doing? Ah, Ignorance. All of you. Well. And we're stuck on this island now. And you know who's going to die? Me. Me. What? You've killed me. There's no need for that. Wouldn't be the first time. Well, again. (laughs) How could this man possibly be performing surgeries in a state like this? 40 years ago. Samuel underwent a procedure. He cut a piece of that beast that you killed 
and grafted it to himself. Well, it goes to show that when it's in the control of a monster, it acts monstrous. But when that kind of power is in control of a human, it does something special. Like what? Samuel was performing multiple roles, you see. A doctor in the Citadel, a doctor in Port Hillcrest, advisor. This let him assume the minds of some of the island's best before they passed. You didn't just kill one man. You killed ten. Very important men. Who were about to pass naturally, and he took them over before that could happen? Oh, look like the ignorance has its limits. Yes. You said he was working on someone in the Citadel, huh? High up? You got any idea who that was? And I've still got the tech thoughts going. Well, who? Lady Evelyn Vanthorn, the matriarch of the Vanthorn family. You better hope she lives, because this island will be brought to hell if she doesn't. And I'm the idiot who's in charge of his survival. Oh, rough stuff, buddy. So, let's see. Uh, there's some way that folks can 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 put their brains in other folks' brains. I, whatever. I'll, I'll say you're right, and you ain't just bluffing to try and get out of this situation. <laughs> so they know that we done what we done. Let's just say... If they don't know, they will. And that's not a threat. That's just reality. As the bells of the city start ringing. Well, in that case, we can't really make sure we get out of this completely clean, but we can buy ourselves some time. And as I'm grappling on to... Uh, Constantine, just look uh, over at uh, Dr. Glass. Look over at Nihilus, Esper. He can't leave, right? The monster, what was it? Why was it there for all those long years in the hotel? What was it in nature? Where did it come from? The monster is the backup plan to do it all over again. Samuel is the only one who has managed to accomplish such a feat. But he did it by grafting a piece of that monster to him. Something goes wrong. They can do it all over again. And hopefully save all of those poor dead souls that you just eliminated. The monster's gone their surgeon and some of their top advisors are gone 
The bells get louder as you hear carriages now rummaging through various streets, commotion all around the city. And to Trevor, Dr. Glass replies, well, it, it sounds like it doesn't matter whether he leaves, that the Van Thorns are going to know about this regardless, and he'd be in as much danger from telling them. And she says that mostly just to get Constantine's response in her detect thoughts to see if that is true or if but, or if he's just going to run and rat us out and he's been tricking us. So what's his immediate emotional response to is it like, yes, she's falling for my ploy. You hear 43 42 41 40 I think it's time we all left immediately There's been enough killing let him leave him here And she casts a second level sleep on Constantine Okay how many hit points is that It's 78 It might be a total waste 26 hit points of sleep Not great I'll get us somewhere safe and then you're on and, and then as he slumps back and falls onto the ground oh well that worked we have to go I don't like the sound of everything we have I don't think sleep has ever worked for me that was amazing are we not killing him I, I suppose are we serious here yes it's just leave him death. here I don't trust him I think he's making sure that we know that it's going to be our death if they know that it was us he was counting down in his head sorry I didn't say that he was counting oh, down oh, he was... you begin to hear a air horn blaring from the citadel all the way in the center of the island the noise so loud it makes its way blaring all the way here if, run if we take him with yes, us he's gonna weigh us down run and don't, don't wait he's gonna for wake me. up and rat us out Fuck this. If we can't, we don't have the time. Whatever you want to do, I'm going to try and fucking kill him. Uh, Len starts leaving. Drop him to the ground and like step on his head. Dr. Glass is already making her way down the stairs because she's slow. Trevor, go ahead and roll uh, your full action of attacks that you can make twice. Okay. Realistically, just because he's unconscious, you can take these as free hits. You could just roll the damage for all of them. Assuming I'm not flurry of blows, I get two uh, two attacks per turn. Uh, let's just roll this four times. Five. Six. Seven. Also, the first attack would be critical. True. Uh, so I'll add one more uh, dice to that. Actually, I think with being uh, being half orc, I get I'm gonna roll two more d fours. Just add that. Yes. Okay. So altogether, that is eleven, eighteen, twenty-two, twenty-nine points of bludgeoning damage. Remember how much that sleep spell was. It's less than that. 
I believe it was 26. Or was it less than that? Trevor, how do you want to do it? Uh, basically, you know, uh, mechanics-wise, I rolled for multiple hits. But I believe when someone is just laying prone, it'll just take one good smack to really do what you want. And so, basically, throw him down to the ground. Uh, and as he's face down, I just do a big stomp right to the back of his neck. And just, there's a, a spluttering little crack sound as he just one and done, quick and clean. And, and I think Esper is in the doorway watching because they don't want to leave Trevor in case they, the people come. And there's, there's shock awash on their face at first, but slowly straighten up, look at Trevor and just give a nod. Uh, all right, let's go quick. Let's let's go. Yes. You run towards the stairs, all commutatively. You make your way down. You hear the siren blaring from the center of the island, so loud it still pierces your ears all the way at this distance. The bells of the city ring behind that, and as you step onto the streets, you see there are spotlights everywhere pointed towards the sky. It illuminates the, the sky in all places as they kind of all teeter around, kind of making a visual version of this alarm. And you can see carriages of militants riding down various streets and alleyways, none yet on your street. You step running out onto the cobblestone street in front of you. Maybe that's a good place to end for today. I think that might be a good spot. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh Dude, my god! We're like what? This was session six that we just so murdered fucked. two unconscious people while you pled with us not to. <laughs> I fucks this murder spree, people. I was not expecting <laughs> sorry, any not of this. <laughs> And when you said, oh, oh Wesley's was... scrolling to like, you know, session 42 notes, that's basically <laughs> what I'm doing. Oh, yes. no. <laughs> I you didn't expect face. us to kill Dr. Buring? I expected I you thought... to talk to him first. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, you know, but I'm excited because <laughs> this, this is a twist that I never expected, but is going to be so much fun to play. Yep. Holy shit. Whoa. To be fair, nothing that he could have said is something we probably would have trusted. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with it. Yeah. This was a very damned if you do, damned yeah. if you don't situation. There, and I really wanted to talk to him, and I just decided she's been betrayed specifically by doctors <laughs> too many times. Constantine tried to kill her Esper in the past. She doesn't care about him. To to be fair, he did, he did take over my mind. That's true. Or Nihilus's mind. Very true. Yeah. That so very like nicely removed any question. Yeah, that was self-defense. Yeah. The there and there was another session was a powerful ability. in the in the works for this because I thought we weren't gonna get through it all of it today. But we got through all of it real mm -hmm. quick. 
<laughs> it's like, okay, we're 60% there. All right, one more jump, not 100. Yeah. I like it, though, because, like, realistically, coming off of the day before that they had, like, we're all probably super high-strung and weird. Mm-hmm. So I feel like beelining it into this house and ending up killing nearly everybody who came into it is kind of in line. Yeah, I, And don't I'm, forget... Oh, and I didn't get to say the thing I was going to say to Trevor, hmm? which is that I just assassinated the head of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're fu- like the talk about pulling out the might roots. Might as well kill them all. Yeah, he oh wanted God. to pull out the roots. I just, <laughs> I just like swatting a roach. <laughs> I should have never made Cut a priest. Cut the head off. The ent- we've been on <laughs> the island for dead. two days. We are so deep in the shit right now. Yeah, I wasn't expecting uh, searchlights, sirens, and bells at this point. I was expecting you to be mm-hmm. like, let me go to my little therapy appointment and let me go visit my friend at the, <laughs> the college. <laughs> <laughs> Let's help you know, some people move some boxes. Let's just lay low. Session, session Let's six. Just lay. <laughs> Next session, we lay low. Oh, God. Augie watched her leave the hotel with you guys. <laughs> Remember and then this like, dude's oh, yeah, I think we might shopping. have to go back and to the whaler. And let's not forget Marta. Yeah, exactly. Marta today. was sent back to the whaler. <laughs> yep. No, we sent her to the Salted Stout. We Salted Stout, but still. Yeah. We're so she, fucked. Yeah. She's the last person to have seen you moments before this all happened. And I was like... Killer. <laughs> Trevor was literally like, I'm going to go up and see what this guy's like. We're not going to hurt him. I just want to see him. <laughs> yep. Oops. The shit third... I upside down real oh, quick. Really? Because Doctor Glass was like, "There's a monster up there that we have to." To kill. be fair, when was like how she, I went up those stairs. When she hit him, I also didn't expect it, like one shot. By the way, your clacking <laughs> like, is audible, Ari. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so clicky. Yeah, Marta's sitting in a room somewhere. Like, I think that they lied to me. <laughs> Hearing the sirens uh, go off. Now, Marta, we saved yeah. your life, Marta. Oh, you need all the good goodwill. I'm you can assuming get. Marta's going to be psyched. I'm I'm honestly very surprised. Also, you killed Constantine. Another twist that I really did not expect. It's part of the reason why, mm-hmm. like when he was falling asleep, I was like, "I'll get you somewhere safe." And then, and then, it's interesting. It's interesting, is all. <laughs> I don't think a single one of us yeah. trust that man. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Nihilus, which way Nihilus we were going to go. Said, like, let's could... not kill him. Oh, yeah. Nihilus said a lot of things. But that's I apologize. Why... That's... But <laughs> Trevor wasn't going to. Nihilus is next. I'm going to be like, okay, guys, <laughs> you listen to me now, and then we're going to end up in jail. And then oh. you never trust me again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once he was like, we need to tell the police. And Dr. Glass was like, I still think we should have done that. <laughs> Nihilus still thinks we should have done that. Nihilus also was like, we should talk to this man. I think he has something interesting to say. Maybe we shouldn't kill Constantine. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody else is like, pop, 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 pop. Everybody else is running in the direction of crime, and they're just hauling Nihilus along with them. Okay, on killing yeah. Dr. Buring, Wes, you did I'm more force good my people. hand. With a... This session did need a little kick in the it's pants. Like... Yes, yes. Yeah, and it was like, Intelligence saving throws. Okay. Meta-wise, that is tipping Liz. And then you're like, oh, not you you see that Nihilus is in mm-hmm. a trance being drawn towards yeah. his organ. It's a you know, it was a reasonable There's response. One. It's a reasonable response. Nihilus was vibing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, what I think as well. Like, it's that's why Nihilus is not like a pose. Like, what the fuck? You murdered him? No, it was self defense. Yeah, and uh, he still dislikes it's it. Good that we have someone <laughs> that we have a someone like Nihilus around. Yeah, a voice you can ignore. <laughs> it is still valuable <laughs> if ignored. <laughs> I think part of the Constantine thing Thanks. was Thanks. to so many of us. It it was like we've already killed him. So it felt this cheaper. motherfucker like tried it, to feed me it, to the worm it man. Felt easier. Trevor's entire yeah. that was that was not even his reality. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Esper feels it. Yeah, but psychologically, I mean, Trevor does knows that this isn't the same Constantine, but he knows his name is Constantine Van Thorn, <laughs> and that he reports to the highest up in the Van Thorn family, and that he's already on the thinnest of ice possible with the Van Thorns. He knows mm-hmm. that reconciliation is not going to be possible and that the best chance he has is to buy some time. And so if, yeah. if we left him, which we probably would have just left him to sleep, he would have gotten woken up and then just he been like, been a boss later. he would have just told his higher ups. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Actually, yeah. the only reason Dr. Glass hesitated was if we left him asleep, would that essentially be framing him? For the death of Dr. Buring, would people like be like, oh, we don't believe you that these like Charles random four people. Yeah, that's like, interesting. That's a fantastic but thought. I, yeah. But also, also the so party. In line with Trevor. <laughs> but as Trevor pointed out, Dr. Glass tends to complicate things. <laughs> the the party, could, the party could have actually taken that route, too, is to say, like, yeah, he came and he did this. And, you know, he he's very strong and he pushed right past us. And I just didn't know what to do. But. I don't know. Uh, interesting. Rule deception. Mind is you. you say that about Trevor, but that's also coming from Trevor's mouth. It's like <laughs> Trevor's yeah. Trevor's oh, yeah. view. Salt. Trevor's view of the doctor is, is she makes very complicated things out of very simple things. But Trevor's main flaw is that he makes simple things out of very complicated things. So <laughs> oh, he's an authority. I also enjoyed that uh, that Trevor was like watching this body. Make sure he was like dead, dead mm-hmm. because I I know for sure in past sessions I don't have often like simple like oh yeah he's dead now you know I, I don't I think that's very rare generally mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I feel like there was definitely a bit of like when is it gonna what's <laughs> gonna happen it's gonna come back you know it's it's a big monster Trevor it shouldn't have been is that a easy very simple thing like I, I wasn't even thinking of it as a player I'm like he's probably dead but Trevor is like I don't know what that is. I don't know like, if it can like get back Trevor's up or not. To be dead too. <laughs> this like, place is fucking also, weird. It might I also come love back. the fact. I uh, love the fact when Nihilus opened the door for Constantine, like, "Hey, I'm Nihilus," and then he fucking grabs him by the throat. Who are you? I just told you my fucking name. <laughs> Constantine's having a bad letter <laughs> chapter. Energy. Constantine did a great yeah energy shift. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I I was like, okay, let's talk. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't have anything in my notes for the thing that the party might do to start this happening. And Constantine was not meant to have like been here. Like <laughs> I, I am just, I Makes don't know. Like, before next week. Wait. Uh, oh, are we playing next week? 